I'm vengeance. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 136 of the Super Civil Servants Podcast. I think I startled Katie there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> <laughs> a little bit whenever I said that. Uh, my name is Greg, the Bat Daddy 52, and we are back this week, folks. We've got a special show for you. We do, are doing a mashup show because we like Top Gun. Slice of Film likes Top Gun. Let's talk some Top Gun. So we're going to start with that tonight and get some Top Gun going. We have Katie from Slice of Film. Uh, co-hosts ross and sarah i mean katie your co-host as well but ross and sarah with us as well so everybody top gunned up and uh i'm ready to go so without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and hand the mic over to katie let her get her stuff going and then we'll talk about top gun all right y'all we've got greg we've got sarah we've got ross here all scs co-hosts Sarah is a slice of film co-host, so let's just go ahead and roll, get it started. I will try to roll through this paperwork super quick. Um, but uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Slice of Film, where today we are taking a slice out of Top Gun. I'm your host, as always, Katie Rinchler, and joining me, we have Greg, Ross, and Sarah. Before we say hello to everyone and get everyone involved in the conversation, I'm going to go ahead and hit the podcast paperwork side of things. First things first, Slice Film is a part of the Ultimate Alliance Podcast Network. We have eight shows, seven days a week. Sundays, once a month, we have World's Finest True Believers with Chris. On Mondays, you've uh, on Mondays every other week, you've got Slice Film one week um, and Ranger Alliance the next Tuesdays, you've got DC Alliance. Wednesdays, you've got Superhero Discussions. Thursdays is Star Wars Alliance. Fridays is Marvel Alliance. And every other Saturday is a walk through the multiverse. On <laughs> the three shows um, that do live streams are Marvel Alliance, DC Alliance, and Star Wars Alliance. DC goes live on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Star Wars Alliance goes live on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Marvel Alliance goes live on Thursdays at 9, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And those three shows do also have their own solo feeds. The Geek Ultimate Alliance Podcast Network does have a Patreon where we have two tiers. $1 helps keep the film reels running around here. And the $5 tier gets y'all ad-free episodes, exclusive episodes, and any early episodes that may drop. If you'd like to support us, there are three ways to do it. One way is to listen to the ads on the podcast. Yes, we are an ad-supported network. Uh, Sarah or I will give you a warning before those ads are to occur. But just so you know now, we don't get to choose who the ads are from, nor how many times you hear the same ad in the same episode, nor how loud they are. So that warning is just to help you prepare those volume levels. We do appreciate you listening to the ads as they do help support the podcast and the network as a whole. The... um, Oh my gosh. <laughs> the $5 tier on Patreon. I got lost, y'all. I'm sorry. The $5 tier, ad-free episodes, exclusive episodes, and any early episodes that may drop. So you can go check us out there if you want ad-free episodes or any exclusive episodes. I know there have been several done by members of the GUA. I have a couple Star Wars ones on. Travis has a lot of top fives. Um, 
And uh, I know the Marvel Alliance guys are doing a Marvel movie walkthrough. So those are some of the ones that you can go check out. The third way to support us is by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Uh, It helps put the network or the individual podcast feeds into the feeds of other listeners who may not be following us on social media. And with that, y'all, my famous spoiler warning for an old movie. Uh, (laughs) If you have not seen this movie, uh, feel free to come back. Go watch it. Come back because what are you doing? Tom Cruise. Um, Val Kilmer. Lots of great people in this movie. So you should go check it out. Um, But with that, Sarah, what is Top Gun? All right, I had to mute you guys for a minute because my dogs act like they were about to take somebody out. I'm like, what are you about to do? Anyway, I feel the need for speed. Okay. No, I got that out of the way. So that's cool. So I got my aviators, got my white t shirt. Yes. Um, I want to preface this by saying um, the kids just watched this last weekend because they're super excited about um, seeing Maverick, which, you know, this is what the, you know, we're working towards. And I'm sitting there and my daughter's sitting beside me. She's just turned nine years old. And I realized I was basically her age when this movie was released. So do the math on that. Yeah. So. 1986, just for the people yes. who were about yes. to look it up. <laughs> so just do the math on that. <laughs> um, the thing about that is I remember this movie also being like the first VHS my dad rented and we watched on our VHS player. So I always kidded with uh, my daughter because there's like, you know, the one scene we'll get to it, but it's the, um, when you hear Berlin with every breath you take or take my breath away. I'm like, I was like completely traumatized by that because like I said, I'm the small kid and I'm like, it did not fail when my kids saw it. I wish you guys had seen their reaction because it was absolutely <laughs> classic. Yes. But I have always the music. Kenny Loggins is a stud. Mm-hmm. I will fight you if you say otherwise. Um, and, and it has one of the best like themes. I even learned how to play that on piano. Mm-hmm. it's like one of those things even now i'm like i'm you know i can still like pick it out and it's it's just one of those movies where the you have you have and some of the guys i didn't even realize the cast because i'm looking at these guys i'm like oh that's so and so and so and so and so and so you know you got val kilmer you've got obviously tom cruise you've got um Oh Lord, now it's like I can't even think of the names, but I like all these guys, and I'm thinking, oh my God, I forgot they were even in this movie. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even Meg Ryan, you know, we were watching that, and Brian, it was like, he's like, I forgot she was in it. I was like, oh yeah, dude, she's right there, you know, because she has like she has an epic line as well. So um, this is one of those movies where to me it's an absolute classic. It is up there with dirty dancing. It's like one yeah. of those movies, if you if it's on. I'm going to watch it. I don't care regardless. And it's, and now, you know, cause like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing Maverick. I'm usually, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see, but Top Gun to me is a movie and Greg, you be quiet because I know what your thoughts are. It's one of those movies where I feel like it has aged super well because you can still watch it and it will still hit you. I mean, you can still enjoy it. I mean, it's still, 
you know, I can still remember everybody coming in with, you know, bomber jackets and, you know, wearing mm-hmm. the aviators and all this kind of stuff. So it's like when, really one of those nostalgic movies that I think over time it has aged well. Absolutely. So I will open the floor to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, what do you think, my friend? Yes. I do not remember the first time I saw this movie, but as someone who has worn my fair share of flight suits and bomber jackets, <laughs> um, I was in the Air Force, so the joke constantly was, you know, like, oh, look, here comes Top Gun, and everyone's like, they're the Navy, you idiots. <laughs> so it was constantly uh, the battle back and forth between who was better and what they were doing. And I'm like, yeah, but number one, a movie. Number two, Tom Cruise. So he already made it crazy because I feel like that was like the, not the, maybe not the beginning, but definitely on the upswing of his adrenaline junkiness that he needed. Um, I mean, Jester's dead is a phrase that I've said more times than I could ever count in my life. <laughs> Everything, I mean, like, I mean, Greg knows back in, like, the AOL screen name days, I was Iceman, and, like, it stuck with for, like, ever, and so, I mean, still to this day, somewhere I have my Iceman shirt, I, it's been I, a week that I was trying to find, like, my, my Top Gun all stuff. All right, Ross, but, you got a new name, my friend, I did not know about that, so I got you no. now. <laughs> oh, I call him Iceman, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, these days, it's Cool Breeze, but Iceman still works. Um, But, no, the movie itself was... I mean, it is a classic. I mean, if if you take out, if you take out like the love scene, everything else about this movie is adrenaline. I'm not saying that you have to take it out. I'm just saying that if you were, everything else about this movie is just a, a good solid rush. It's a bunch of, uh, you know, sausage heads being sausage heads. I know, Ross. The first time I saw this movie, I think I was maybe eight or nine, and all I remember from the first time I saw this was my mom going, no, 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 you can't watch this. Can we fast forward? Cause it was on TV and you couldn't fast forward at the time. Yeah. So it's just like, no, 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 no. The best part is the, uh, I don't remember who made it, but it was the parody for the movie parody for that scene. And it was like, you know, they're literally like making breakfast on her stomach and like all the other stuff. And I'm like, that was is hot this? shots. Is it hot shots? Yes. Yes. Charlie Sheen. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's another great movie. Well, it's, and that's the funny thing about it, because I was like picked on my daughter. I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so traumatized because it's like even now when I hear that song on the radio, I'm just like, I, I think of that. And now seeing it again, I'm like, it's not that bad. And my daughter's like, I want to be traumatized. Like, <laughs> it's really not that bad. Like eight, nine, you know, 10 years old. You're just like, even my son, I mean, he's. He, he's about to be 12 next next week and he's like oh, they're touching tongues i'm like oh boy you got a long ways to go <laughs> oh yeah but like, that's what i'm saying i mean that's that's what's just so interesting about it because my son was like oh my god this movie is so awesome and for the age and not only when i told him the age he's like no way but then again i'm like look at what tom cruise is wearing i mean the white mm-hmm. t-shirts with he had the leather belt with the little silver tip on the end of. I'm like, seriously, I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, you see that out west. I think right down. That's about right. 
<laughs> no, the I think the only thing that's aged is obviously the technology that it was filmed with. I think they've right. gone back and tried to like bring it back to life a couple times, but I got it on DVD and you can mm-hmm. definitely tell like it's an older film based on the quality, but I think it's still very much alive. And so what platform did you say you pla- you watched it on DVD? Mm-hmm. And it was just standard DVD. It wasn't Blu-ray. It was just standard DVD. I'm cheap. <laughs> oh, I mean, and that's perfectly fine because obviously, because really, if you, you know, like I said, I saw this on VHS, you know, back in the day. So I'm, I watched it on Netflix. Ross, how did you see it? Like, what platform? Currently? I mean. Oh, it, shoot. I don't even remember. Oh, you haven't watched it recently. So well, I watched it like in the past few months. I mean, yeah. not too stupid long. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I was, like, I was just curious, like, you know, what platform everybody had watched it on. Because if you see a DVD, I mean, it's going to be a little clearer than VHS. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you still kind of get the thing. It'd be a different story, you know, watching on like, I don't think I could watch it on Blu-ray. It might be too yeah. sharp. So C3 Panther says, I think a lot of it was real stuff. They say the maneuvers are realistic. Yeah, most of the flight stuff is actually um, physical effects and um, not just like CGI or animated. Like it's all legit. So, and I think I was looking on the Wikipedia and actually in um, the filming process, they actually um, lost an aerobatic pilot named Art Scholl um, who radioed in, I have a problem, I have a problem, and uh, was spinning. And he was unable to recover from the spin and crashed his pit special biplane into the Pacific Ocean off the Southern California coast. And his body nor the aircraft were recovered, leaving Mm. the official cause of the accident unknown. So... Kind of like makes it really feel like you know, like you know, you lost goose because that was you know that's that's a reality of a lot of these things. Yeah. You know, a lot of these pilots. I mean, it's freak oh, yeah. things happen. We're gonna come back to that goose scene whenever we talk about this movie because I, I have something specifically about the next movie that's interconnecting that I want to ask y'all about. Just because you mentioned that scene, but um, can I can I say just my yep. overall? Because real okay. quick, I have been a huge defender of Iron Eagle. Since we started talking never about this it. whole thing, okay. <laughs> Didn't and, have time, hey, Greg. Never, I wanted to. I promise. You've I never wanted seen to. It. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do a slice of film of it. Okay. He, okay. Listen, I have not seen this movie in twenty-five years. Twenty twenty-five years. Okay. Now, growing up, the move, the planes they fly in this movie is the Cessnas, the Tomahawks, the biplane, like all this stuff. My, my stepfather was a pilot, and he had those planes. So, like, I actually been in those planes, got to fly. So, I had a little more of a connection with the movie that way. Now that I'm older, I've gone back and I watched I, I watched um, Top Gun on Wednesday and then Iron Eagle last night. I still love Iron Eagle, but I cannot say anymore that it is better than, than Top Gun. I really can't after rewatching it. Iron Eagle mm-hmm. is the kids version of Top Gun. <laughs> it is the 1980s Goonies. It's Grease without the music and add airplanes. Um, the effects are not nearly as good. And now that I'm older and I look at that earlier, so I have to come out and say that because I've been defending saying for, for weeks and weeks now that it's better. <laughs> it's still a fantastic movie and I love it. It gets me in all the feel good spots, but Top Gun is an overall better movie. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. Now, so that being said, y'all are talking about that love scene. My wife loves Top Gun. So when I told her we had to watch it for the review. She was like, Oh, no problem. Turn it right on. Exactly where to go for it. I was like, okay, cool. 
Uh, she she said the same thing about when she was younger and she watched that love scene that about how it kind of traumatized her because because it's weird. It's really it's really weird. weird. Dude, the whole <laughs> love story aspect is just strange. It's weird for the movie. Weird. Yeah, it's weird for the movie. <laughs> I, I agree with Ross. You can take that kind of out of it and still have a great movie. It doesn't have yeah. to, but you can take that completely out and it's still a great movie. You know. It was just, it so, was just... so Greg, what <laughs> platform did you watch it on? Netflix, I believe. Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Wherever it was free. Because Mark, um, he said he saw it on Paramount Plus himself and wanted to point out that there appear to be major color differences between home yeah. releases. Really? So the That's old DVD it. and Blu-ray lean more towards blue. The 3D Blu-ray and some different streaming platforms particularly Netflix lean more towards a yellow tone and then the 4k and Paramount plus versions lean towards orange. Um, and he noticed this more because of the sunset scenes. And when he rewatched it this last time, cause he was supposed to join us. Um, he did not remember the sunset scenes to be as vivid as what he saw then. So I thought that was an interesting point especially towards like the mm -hmm. remixing them to make it look better in a newer age with all the technology we have now so that's why i'm so excited about seeing maverick because i just want to see mm -hmm. you know taking a movie that was made you know lord what 30 years ago <laughs> almost. 1986 so even, almost 30 years i can't even think about that <laughs> But now, I mean, and you're taking it now and using, you know, the, like the new, you know, new, new technology. I'm just, I'm super stoked on that because even, mm. even an 86 film, regardless of, you know, what platform you're watching on, is is still pretty damn sweet. Yeah. And it's 26 years old and one day because it was released. It was released in New York City. That was its like official premiere May 12th. And then it had uh, a national release May 16th. So it's 26 years old. <laughs> so, um, and it had a budget of 15 million. Tom Cruise hasn't office. aged a day. Oh, I know. 26 years old? Shouldn't it be 36? 36. 36. Oh my gosh, 36. I was about I to say, because it was two years after I was born and I'm 37. So I was like, wait a second. Yeah, 36. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's been a long day. I can't count, apparently. Um, well, you no, know, Matt's definitely not my strong suit. So, <laughs> so I was questioning myself. Well, I was eight when it was released. I was eight. I was negative nine. <laughs> I love you all, but God, y'all are so old. <laughs> I don't care. I, I own it. I own it. I'm good. I'm getting wrong with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but a budget of $15 million in the 80s, and it had a box office run of 357 million so that's pretty impressive like to just make that amount of return um i want to say that's actually pretty high as well for a 1986 movie mm -hmm. well, i know nowadays don't they kind of just say that you start making money after you double the budget yeah because of the thing. marketing so if they double their budget at 30 million they end up making 208 that that's a pretty that's really successful yeah well they also kind of limited it a little bit because they don't have to I mean, if you work with the military, they fly all those missions anyway. <laughs> so really all you have to do is just get, you know, some sort of plan together. You know, that's why they fly the other planes, like, you know, the slower planes and everything else, because it adds to the actual, like, shooting of it. As 
these planes come in fast. Another one's just sitting right here, just. <laughs> so you you bring down that budget. There you go. Tony says he wants an unrealistic. <laughs> what is unrealistic about teenagers borrowing fighter planes and busting the dad out of a Libyan military prison? <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, is that basically what? That's Iron, uh, Eagle? Iron Eagle. Yeah, that's the plot for Iron Eagle. <laughs> Spoilers. Iron Eagle is, uh, what is it? It's um, Red Dawn in the Air. But how many, didn't they have like sequels? How many sequels did they have? Four. And they were even brave enough to kill the main character from the first movie off in the first five minutes of the second movie. How do you like Thanks, that? Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't, well, okay, let's let's talk about some scenes. I'm sorry, I'm we SCS'd it a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> I no, you're good, because they actually did have um, help from the Navy in um, doing this. The Navy... Uh, made several aircraft F-14s available. Um, and the trainers, the two-seaters. The trainers, yeah. So all of that was made available. And they even reworked some of the plot sequences. Um, they, they reworked some of that so that they would be more approved by the Navy. Like originally, um, Chris, I think I heard, originally Charlie was supposed to be a member of the military. And so they moved her out to because of the Navy's policy to prevent fraternization between officers and enlisted officers. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that. (laughs) What'd you say, Ross? Don't want to break those laws. Uh That'll that'll put you in a, in sore butt prison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sarah, what is the first thing you want to talk about? The only thing, because out of you know, I'm, I'm taking out the you know, love scene because you know we're, we'll probably talk about that, but I'm I'm kind of fast forwarding to the end of the film because you know they have graduation and then they're like we have this crisis you know we have to handle this whatever okay they handle it okay do you honestly like when you come back in do you have like a cheering section you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing because everybody's like yay I'm like. I like LeBron. I was like, "Is this real?" I'm like, it's it's great camaraderie. It's great to say, "Yeah, you know, we beat the bad guy. Yeah, everything's great." But I'm like, "Are you literally going to do that on the carrier?" Nope. <laughs> I had this argument. I had this argument with my mom today because, and my mom's not going to listen to this. So, but she absolutely hates women in power, and when when women show any emotion, and I'm gonna. I'm going to connect this. I promise. Um, but like somebody on the Clemson softball team hit a home run the other day. And she was like that flip. Like she shot that thing almost 400 feet. Y'all I'm telling you, mm-hmm. nice. it was pretty far for a softball home run. And my mom's like, I hate her. I can't believe she'd show this much like emotion, like so selfish and stuff. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you just got to hype yourself up and like, connect and be able to like draw those connections in and while also not getting yourself down so you take what wins you can get is is basically my point um i was never military i did jrotc so i don't know for certain ross did you have any experience with dealing with which part exactly just being my my, my whole point is okay it's like these guys went in they they had a mission that, you know, they had an objective, you know, they, you know, basically, you know, 
met the objective, did what they needed to do. But I'm like, are you really going to have a cheering? It's like all the guys, like all the crew on the carrier, are they really going to be like, you know, when you land your plane and you like park it, are they going to be like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, we did this. You know, And I mean, I, I get it because you do, you do have like, you know, with movies, you do take certain liberties. I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, this was like super over the top. I don't think I really thought about that, but prior, you know, previously, because I mean, obviously I was a lot younger when I watched this, but I was just like, really, is that what they actually do? I mean, I think it's for, for movie wise to like tell the story. I think it was, you know, I, I think it, it kind of like put that punctuation mark on it, but you know, I'm just like, really, is this really happens? <laughs> you know, over the top. The 80s, it is, the 80s, you could do certain things. Yes, I mean, exactly. Uh, I was in the military, so we never cheered for anything. Um, <laughs> we cheered when we got to go home. And the way that we did that was we all dispersed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all it was quiet and we were all gone. Um, but the rules were so lax. But even then for aircraft carriers, I mean, you can't do that stuff around live live airplanes. Um, I mean, even if the plane is coming in and, you know, they, they won the battle. Uh, I mean, there are so many rules. Like, you can't be on a flight deck. You know, I mean, yeah. they call them Skittles now because the people that are on the flight deck all have to wear like the, the certain color gear and stuff. Mm-hmm. So all the reflective stuff. Um, but it's so funny because, you know, you, you're made to watch the videos where like people get sucked through engines or like tires explode. Like, you know, that stuff's pounded into your head. Like nowadays, that stuff doesn't fly. But in the 80s, it could have like, right. down it on an aircraft carrier. But. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you had this movie and because I can remember, you know, like little, you know, the boys that I was friends with and all, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to the military, I'm going to be fighter pilot, I'm going to do all this, you know, I'm going to like, <laughs> yeah, okay, anyways, yeah, you're going to play volleyball in jeans too, is, is that what you're about to do? Yeah, so, you know, it's, I mean, it was, it's like, it's, it's a tip, it's still a typical, I guess you would say kind of like a typical A's movie because it is over the top. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, it, that, that's just one of the scenes where I'm just, it just, it just quit. I just question it kind of crazily. Like, this is like, this is the over the top, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like with the love scene, you're just like, oh, I've fallen for you. I'm like, lady, you hadn't had enough time to even know who this dude is. What are you talking about? Because, the, and they're specific with referencing, hey, this school is five weeks. That's it. Exactly. And she already made the statement, you know, like he made this overture, you know, in the bar, which that scene is still, that is pimp. I mean, I I could, I don't even know what I would say even to somebody. If, if, if the dude did that to me, I'd just be like, oh my God, that's, that was. What, followed you in the women's bathroom? You would. Well, prior to that. Follow me in the bathroom. Oh, I'm like, gotcha. dude, you, you just, you might not want, no, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> um, But, you know, it's just. And you know the Everly Brothers. I mean, that's like a, a song that I think it's Everly Brothers, isn't it? I don't know. I don't. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> but um, I have the power to show these things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Nathan. But um, I don't know because you know that's another scene to me that's like super powerful too. You know, it's because I mean, everyone I gets involved with it. I mean, like I have been in places where that has happened. Have you? Not so much like, to like pick up a girl, but like where like spontaneous, like 
you know, That's like awesome. you, when you're all in the suck together after a while, you all like just embrace <laughs> it and you have those moments. <laughs> oh, love you, tiny. <laughs> love you, tiny. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's, there's, Greg, you're so muted. Sorry. Good. There's just there. so many scenes in this movie that are, for me, that are like so classic, like, um, like negative Ghost Rider. Oh, I mean, the pattern is full. Ghost Rider yeah. used to be the name of my plane. Said it all the time, too. You know, the finger. Yeah, stuff like that. There's all kinds. There's like, all you know, kinds. Like of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thank you, Goose. We yeah. understand. You said that earlier, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's just, there's just so many, like, iconic moments in this movie that you, you don't really realize that has, like, exploded or, like, trickled into, like, pop culture. It's just, I mean, even now, you know, I try to do the, you know, the hand slap with the kids, you know, the, my kids are looking like, what the hell? I'm like, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> You'll understand later. Just do it. It's cool. So yeah, it's, um, yeah. Checks your body can't cash. One time when I wasn't supposed to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Got hit in the face. So are, if, are we just talking, we can just talk about a scene? Cause yeah, have, go ahead. Just I, yeah, I free one, for all, free for all. I have one that can tie into the, the next movie coming up just from the preview that I saw uh, and going to see Dr. Strange is, um, okay. So they go into a flat spin, right? We'll talk about Goose's death. Mm -hmm. They go into a flat spin and I'm assuming that's why there was a malfunction with, with the canopy and any hit, but, but either way it was a malfunction with the canopy, right? In the mm -hmm. preview for the next movie, his son, which I you got to figure, you've also got to talk about timeline with this because it's kind of bothering me. But his son, um, is like mad at Maverick, and he's like, "My dad never trusted you, and I won't either." And I'm like, "Actually, your dad trusted him probably more than anybody else, and th yeah. it was absolutely not his fault by any means that anything happened." So I, I'm wondering how they're going to write that in to the story. Like, I hope it's not they don't CW it and drag that story out. You know? I've seen so many great reviews yes. for Top Gun Maverick mm -hmm. right now. It's got a 96% currently on Rotten Tomatoes. We're recording this on uh, Friday the 13th of May. <laughs> so I was born on Friday the 13th. So. Oh, I hate you. I've got 13th birthday, so I have like very sporadic Friday the 13th birthday. So yay. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's something that'll ruin the movie because I think the movie's going to be great. I mean, Top Gun was great. It's just it's just something I saw and I was like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do with that. And then I also wonder about the timeline because. Yeah, my question is how old is his son? What's because the age? Yeah. Not unless she had another one. <laughs> but how does she have another one of Goose's baby? <laughs> She no. said, Goose, take me to bed or lose me forever. Maybe. I don't know. We do know. I thought we knew. I thought I thought this was like the kid um, from this movie. Well, because the kid like, from this movie is like, like five or five. six. Yeah, yeah I, I would say. So if you're talking about 35 years, his kid like would be in his 40s. 40s? So yeah, I'm, that's why I'm wondering. I'm like, wait a second. But well, okay, so it it's Tom says, Cruise. I mean, he you can't do thirty plus years in service and still sit there at that role. So, so is this movie going to be in a different well, timeline? Is what I'm. Or so not the premise. Timeline, the premise says on Wikipedia. I almost said Wikipedia for Star Wars. No, this is <laughs> Sorry, Wikipedia. <not. laughs> Test pilot Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell has purposely dodged an advancement in rank after thirty six years of service. Okay. Um, so that he can stay possible. flying. 
I know it's <laughs> yeah. it's completely impossible, but obviously not unless I mean not unless unless you're Tom Cruise. Well, not unless <laughs> she you know Goose impregnated her and she had a child oh. after his death. Hey, we can make that part work as much as you want to, but the Tom Cruise <laughs> dodge and rank part does not work whatsoever. One hundred and ten percent. But that yeah, you you don't dodge rank. You either get promoted or you go. Bye bye. Yeah, you get kicked out. Like time and grade is a real thing. <laughs> so what they're saying is he's been an instructor there this whole time for thirty six years. He found something to do. Yeah, you know, and he's not I, necessarily that... an instructor there. He's a um he's a test pilot so he tests other yeah, that's right. because uh, there's okay. the nasa yeah. scenes right where he's mm-hmm. wearing the blue suit and yeah i think we get plenty of that which uh sarah popped out but i was gonna ask um in the doctor strange 40x they give you the the clip of top gun maverick in with the chair moving and everything like that too and so I was wondering if she actually experienced that because I don't know if you could do a whole movie of straight up flying around in the seats doing, you know, just bouncing back and forth as you're trying to watch it because that's just a little too much sensory overload. Yeah. Oh, I, I think you did. You, Sarah, you did say you are seeing 40 X, I believe. Yes, we are. That's the only did way you, I can, that's the only way I can, Claire will go see it. She's like, did I didn't you see the, see uh, see the, the extended preview or whatever it is they had that was in front of uh, Dr. Strange. I don't. We saw the preview, but didn't they, they didn't do the um, they didn't do the seats. Oh, this was like a whole solid five minute clip of like. Oh, I'm wow. I'm I'm fully waiting for just to be thrown out of the seat. I'm I'm it's totally too waiting much, for it. Too much. You need you need seat belts for that thing. I'm, I didn't see look, that five minutes. Doctor Strange was pretty. That was <laughs> that knocked you around pretty good too. So I mean, I'm like. Bring it on. I think 40 eggs would make me nauseous. So it's, no, it's it probably would because it, 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 it is it. pretty. <laughs> I want to try it. Try 40 X plus 3D. That is awesome. 3D already <laughs> makes me nauseous. So no, thank you. Yeah, I'm so. special. I know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. So is there any other scenes maybe that weren't y'all's favorites or we ready to talk about like scenes that you enjoyed or like scenes you want to like talk about? I think I'm ready to go into like the ones that I like really like because we got to talk about Val Kilmer, Iceman, mm-hmm. because he was one of those characters. I remember that I'm like, God, he's such an asshole. God, he's such an asshole. And <laughs> then it's like, you're so, he's so good. He can be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like when he came into Top Gun, it was like, I'm automatically, I'm, I'm automatically the first. I'm automatically number one. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So to see his evolution to where like, yeah, you can be my wingman anytime. No, <laughs> you can be mine. That it's like the, <laughs> the the male ego in this movie. <laughs> it's like, I love it. I, I mean, I shouldn't, but I absolutely love it because I'm like, this is such a dude movie. Yeah. But I mean, I understand it. I get it because there's like such an adrenaline rush and you can't ha- have it. You can't help but having like a testosterone rush too. So I mean, I think it kind of dives into like my inner dude. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So the um, only Val Kilmer movies I've seen is Batman Forever and then this one. That's it. Wow, you've you never seen to, a Ghost in the Darkness? You need to see. Oh. Is it Real Genius? 
That was like um, one of his first ones. It's like real that that's an old one. I remember like like I remember Jackal. I remember What was the? Uh, oh, he did that movie with Robert Downey that was really good. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where he played uh, he played the gay dude. It was really good, really good. Well, if you that. ever if you ever get the opportunity, watch um, was it his documentary? Yeah. Nathan, I think I said that when we talked about Batman Forever <laughs> on Slice of Film. So don't Katie me. Don't Katie me. <laughs> um, and I take that back, y'all. I. I am going to go see Top Gun Maverick in RPX, but it's because it's a Tuesday showing. What's RPX? It is the regal version of like IMAX. Oh, okay. 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 So What's I'm going ZJ, to see it if you don't know? in RPX <laughs> so that I can see it early. Yes, Nathan, Ghost in the Darkness is so good. Yes, that is one I highly recommend for you, Katie. Okay. All right, Dan. I think I have it on DVD. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're talking about scenes that we love. Look, I loved all the action in this movie as far as the, like, especially, especially now. Like I said, I really do love Iron Eagle, but after watching those two movies back to back, the flying scenes in this movie are so much better than Iron Eagle. And I think that's really what sets it apart. But just just the overall action scenes in this movie are great. I do love how technology in any movie you're in works for the viewer. Like the interface for Mm -hmm. inner technology always works for the viewer to be able to totally understand what's going on. When yeah. it's not like that in real life with a lot of things. So, but that was one thing I really, really enjoyed was all of the, just about every plane scene in this movie. Yeah. I grew up wanting to be a, a fighter pilot. Of course, my eyesight's too bad to do it. Um, but I, I absolutely love the flying s- scenes. They're so good. And I'm really impressed that Tom Cruise is actually able to get behind um some of the planes and do some of the stuff because that takes a shit ton of training so i have huge amounts of respect for tom cruise because he does a lot of his own stunts which so. in the real world he wouldn't be allowed to because he doesn't meet the height requirement i don't mean that in any way. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i did not like the scene that where they put him back in the seat so fast after goose's death yeah I that was a little that, too quick that's cause... my my real big downer for this hmm. yeah i can understand that I'm trying to think. And, and like, maybe it's a little more realistic because it's the 80s and maybe mental health wasn't taken into consideration as much back then. Uh, yeah. But it's still, you're literally, they literally probably put him back in this seat probably like three days later. So. Well, and, and another thing too, it's like no. Tom Skerritt's character, you know, he was like, I flew with your old man and, you know, for him to walk in and say, Hey man, he's like, you need to get over this. You know, you need to like toughen up. You need to just move on. You know, that scene right there to me, it's like this day and age, like you're saying like with mental health, I'm like, dude, that's a lot to ask because this goose was like his freaking brother. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. like his family. It's not like it's, you know, you just have this guy that's like, you know, second seat, you know, like just sits behind you. I mean, they were like brothers. And then also, it's like, you know, with Cougar, he was the one, like, initially, yeah, Nathan, I, I agree with you. You know, 80s was all about man up. I, I get that. I get that. Um, because there's been other movies where, you know, they had, like, the same thing. But, um, like, you know, like with Cougar, it was like, it shook him up. And then he looks down and, you know, you see, like, a photo of his, you know, wife and kid. And especially when he comes in, he's like, man, he's like, you know, I haven't even seen my kid, you know, hat and all this. You know, it's it's 
it was interesting that it did like touch on the mental health issue aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, you know, it was, you know, the eighties, it was like, you know, you know, like, you know, like Nathan said, it's like, you man up. It's like, you know, Hey, you handle what you like. You signed up to do this, you know, despite whatever else he's like, you gotta have this mental block. You just got to handle it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, that's a lot to take in. So, you know, now watching it, you know, now in, you know, the two, like the 2020s, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot different because, you know, you take more of like the mental health aspect into consideration because I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, you're asking, you stand down is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're asking guys to do a lot. I mean, it's, you know, that's, and, and the thing about it is like, think about the age of these guys too. I mean, these are not like, you know, guys, I don't, I mean, I always look at these guys like they were like in their like maybe early twenties. I would like, probably say mid to early twenties. Yeah, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I mean, mid it's, to late it's like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I mean, a lieutenant, so yeah. So I mean, it's not like these guys are like in you know thirties and you know, like had all this other like life experience. It's almost like they came like out of school straight into the military. You know, they just. I mean, I, I know you and you know, Ross and Greg, I know you guys can speak on this a little more so than I can, but I mean, you know, it's, I know it's generalizations, but you know, it, it really speaks a lot. Mm-hmm. Nathan, Nathan, stop it. it stop it. <laughs> stop it. Just for a moment. Since I can't voice the opinion. Um, look, so I, I do notice like the, the, we were talking about how manly this movie was and like Nathan's even talking about the man up thing. I think that is just a, a it is a thing of the eighties. The think about it. We had the, what the Rockies and Rambos and Terminators yeah. and, and, and he mans and Superman, like all this stuff, this man up tough man stuff coming out. So I think that was like uh, a victim of the time, you know, I'm not thinking about it. There's wrong with it. It was a great movie. Um, but just, a, a it's tone is because of what it was. It's one of those movies you can definitely tell not even by the quality that it's from a different era, you know? Well, like I'm a massive like Formula One fan, right? And so now those cars cost so much more money mm-hmm. than they used to in the 80s. But guys in the 80s would, I mean, straight up get out of the car, fight the dude who like knocked him off track, and then like you know push their car wherever it needed to be. Like if they got into a wreck, if anything happened, like a, a dude raced with a fractured wrist, and if you know anything about racing. You need your wrists, just like you need your ankles, right? And so, at the end of the day, he like placed like in the top three for like racing with a fractured wrist. That was how they did things. Don't tell me I can't do it. It was mm-hmm. always I'm gonna do it. Same thing now for planes. They cost a lot more money, mm-hmm. and not to mention the pipeline of like trying to put someone through all of that training to get to that point where they could even make it to like the creme de la creme of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're still putting a lot into the people and the actual devices that they have to come in contact with. And so really all of that now is it's a real big numbers game. There's been enough like studies and everything, but it's a numbers game too. Is it worth it? What are the odds? Like, is it worth saying, you know, get out there and do your best or we can't allow you to go out there because you're unfit for duty or whatever the case may be, but still bring, yeah. bring the multi-million dollar machine back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that was one of the things that was interesting too, because like when Charlie made the statement that, you know, you're, you know, flying multi-million dollar, you know, plane, I'm thinking, man, it's like, you know, even then they're like putting the dollar amount of these planes over these guys' lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe it's just like a, 
an evolution of the time because I'm just like, you know, that, that was, that was just correct to me. I mean, to me, that felt like an insensitive type comment, but then again, I understand because you have like this amount of money you're, you know, putting into it. But then I'm like, well, you're saying that this guy's life is not as much as this yeah. you know, amount of money goes in the plane. At the but, end of the day, a, a person in the military is worth $400,000. Yeah. And, so, and that's the thing about it, because to me, I just feel like it's just, but like I said, that's just an evolution of time. Yeah. yeah. Just the evolution of time. You know, yeah. because now you're like, you know, like with my kids, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, when they drive, it's like they're in an accident. It's like, to me, their lives are more important than the amount of like the, the value of the vehicle or, you know, that kind of thing. But then again, the I'm not dealing with government money either. Yeah. No. Insurance is not the first thing you're thinking about when you get into an accident. You're like, no, the yes. kid needs to survive. That's yes. the number one priority. Yeah. And, and I mean, right. and, and like I said, and, you know, I've got to look at things a lot differently now too, because, you know, like in, you know, 86 or, 87, 88, whenever I saw this movie the first time, you know, I wasn't a parent. I, I Now it's now that I have like two littles, it's like I look at things a lot differently now because there's a lot of movies that I can watch where I'm like, yeah, whatever. Now it's like since I have kids, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like a, just, like a wreck because I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't like it. You know, it's just, like I said, it's just the evolution of times. I know. <laughs> you guys were talking about the age of these pilots. That was something I was thinking about too. Uh, there used to be um, I used to do a bunch of like sport track racing stuff before I got into the military. And the phrase always was, if the person is single and especially if they're younger, they're going to take more chances. The moment that they like get into a relationship and start having kids, they start slowing down and their lap times start to reflect it. Well, in the military, it was kind of the same way when you were a pilot, if you were trying to truly pipeline, then you had like, you didn't have that, We'll take it the wrong way. You don't have that baggage in your brain. You don't have something to think about constantly. That's why, you know, the the scenes are real big when they're looking at the pictures in their cockpits. Like, that's a real big thing for those people to think about. And I I think that's why you get the opening scene um, with Cougar, I think, is Mm -hmm. the guy. um, Where he's, like, this is the first time they're really coming face-to-face with an enemy fighter plane. And he's having to come to reckon with, okay, wait, all these years I was like fine and never had to face anyone, but now I'm looking down the face of a barrel. Mm-hmm. And like, shit it just got like, real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, I'm glad you you brought that open scene because that was the next the one thing I wanted to ask you about. Like, I, I do have a question. When Maverick goes to this school, like the only reason he goes is because of that situation. He goes back, saves Cougar, mm-hmm. and and Cougar kind of has a, has a, a mental it's meltdown, yeah. reasonably so, and, and can't go to the thing or the five week training program. Yeah, so it bumps Maverick and Goose up. Well, Maverick and Goose get there; they're obviously like number two, and this is the top one percent of the of the country. So they were second in line to even go, but when they go there, they're like. Instantly, still like the second best They're you know second. people of, of everybody there <laughs> so i'm like why were they not first in line to go anywhere because of maverick's actions um previously and attitude okay. um so and in the conversation with goose maverick and uh the commander guy um he, the commander's Can't like was the tower <laughs> yeah, yeah like because he, keeps, he keeps doing stupid shit so yeah i mean i guess that makes sense but it, I don't know. Because Maverick, he's just, he's, he's, he was like one of those, um, he didn't play, he didn't fly safe. 
It's like Iceman said. He's like, he's like, you know, you're you're too much of a, a loose cannon. Wild card. Well, Wild yeah. card. they they display that exactly what Ross is talking about about the difference in pilots who have families and don't by pairing him up with Goose, who has a family who is like that voice of reason. Like, hey, dude, I know you're hot shot and you're you're single and doing this, but. And I think he even mentions that in the movie at one point in time. You know, I got a family to think about and stuff like that. So, Which, but another thing that's so interesting too is because it's like you have Iceman. He's like you know, like the top dude going through it. But when he's actually put under pressure, he flaked. He was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't." So he like pulled up, and then Maverick came in and it's like he handled it. And I'm thinking. Because they're what? very specific at the beginning of the movie that Maverick and Cougar were the first pilots to actually face MIGs. Mm -hmm. And that's why Charlie was so inquisitive because she was like, I want to know what the MIG looked like. So, especially with the inverted with the um, Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> Which my kids love that because they're like, no, you can't do that. No. <laughs> um, trying to think. Talk about the open scene. One of the things that bugged me, I guess, and this is just knowing the significance of the dog tags, but at the end, yes. Maverick throws Goose's dog tags overboard, and I'm like, does his wife not deserve those? Does his kid not deserve those? Like, My why are you throwing them overboard? Same thing. They're like, why do they do that? I'm like, well, maybe he asked them to. Maybe if he asked them to, then, but I would have, like, I would have liked if, like, Meg Ryan could have handed them to him and gone. Mm -hmm. He wanted you to have these or whatever. Well, well, there's a lot of assumptions in this movie. Like mm -hmm. I said, it's like with their, like the relationship between Maverick and Charlie. There's a lot of assumptions there because apparently there's some shit we saw that happened that, like, how <laughs> did this relationship evolve to the point of? I I don't get that, but, yeah. but you you know what I mean because oh, it's, it's like you seem like you're here. Like with the scene of like you know singing and trying to like you know hit on her that kind of thing, and then next thing you know it's like, all right, well I want to know more about you know the Mig, you know that kind of thing. And then next thing you know you're like, oh, I've fallen for you. Like who Let's shows up somebody's house and's like, I'm gonna go take a shower. The hell you are. Who are you? Especially yeah. when you're fucking late. I know, right? I'm like you yeah. were like just playing volleyball in your jeans. It's like hot as shit, and you're. And then you put your damn shirt on and your bombers. What well, is wrong with you? It's two dick moves in a row because one, the shower at the house, and two, he ditched all his boys like in the middle of playing a game. He's like, I gotta go, y'all. <laughs> if you're gonna Sorry. if you're gonna be late, then just be late and finish the game. <laughs> right. But if you're if you're going to ditch everybody in the middle of the game, then ditch before you're going to be late yeah. i'm sorry but if somebody shut up my house like you're late we're about to have dinner we're like oh we're gonna take a shower <laughs> yeah what and she didn't seem to care she's like all right cool you can't use my soap? <laughs> no <she's> <laughs> no you're not <laughs> don't yeah. use my loofah yeah <laughs> i was like oh my gosh because she I, I think that's just like that's just an 80s movie that was yeah. just the well, apparently there was there was like an, a lot of inferred things that well because he she doesn't let him go take a shower at first because he goes, I'm going to go take a shower while you finish up in here. She's like, and she's like, no, you're I'm not. not. <laughs> I'm to eat. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so they eat and they talk and then he gets up and walks away and she's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to go take a shower. And then she lets him go take a shower. Okay. Okay. That's still, uh, you know, you, you brought up the thing about the dog tags earlier and I wanted to say it when we were going through it. Um, 
it was weird that there, it wasn't Meg Ryan had him. Like you said, there wasn't even at least a scene where given it to him. But whenever after Goose dies and there's the scene with Meg Ryan and, and Tom Cruise, shouldn't he be? Con- I feel like he should be consoling her more than she is him. And it seems like in that moment, she's consoling him a little more. And I get they were close, but this was his wife. Yeah. And I saw the scene and I was like, wow, that's it, it seems like she's being the backbone of this situation. You know, like it's okay. Well, it's a little bit more of, you know, like we were kind of discussing, like it was a little bit more of a hot shot man's world. So I think she also kind of like knew that they shared goose. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they, they goose was the time chair between the two of them. So, <laughs> and that's what you do with your wingman, right? Like it's literally you, it, it, it's up in the air. If you spend more time with your significant other or your yeah. wingman. <laughs> so true. Well, and that's the thing about it too, because she was like, you know, she told, you know, Maverick's like, oh, you know, he loved you. She's like, he would have followed you anywhere. And, and like I said, I think that's another issue or another example of like an implied relationship that, okay, we're just going to tell you this, this is how it is. We really haven't shown you that. We've shown you a little mm-hmm. bit because, you know, little snippets of conversation, but this is the way it is. This is how you're supposed to take it. So here you go. I don't know. This movie had enough. This movie was grounded enough to just be able to steamroll right through all that nonsense so yeah. that you, you accept it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I don't old. know the time. Like, I don't know what the mid 80s were like being a 20 year old, but at the same time, like, I would have to imagine, like, it, was crazy. it wasn't too crazy far <laughs> off from, like, what they were trying <laughs> to show with this part of the military. I bet it was fun. I'd love to go back and be a 20-year-old in the 80s. That was super right. I well, wouldn't have seen because I have, like, crazy things. But anyways. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> well, and to that point, <laughs> to that point, um, like, this movie isn't necessarily about the emotional side of piloting. Really, it's just, like, a story of how a pilot comes to be who he is later on. there's They try to envelop some of that emotional strength in there but really it's to me it's just an action drama movie so <coughs> i mean it's it's a great movie for what it is <coughs> lord of mercy about a stroke don't die <coughs> sorry i mean it's a great movie for what it is because i mean you know it's it has that adrenaline that you're looking for it has a, like a super adrenaline rush that you're looking for and i, and I mean it it hits Spot it on but, soundtrack yeah the soundtrack is pretty legit i'm not gonna lie yeah mark said the biggest thing that he's interacted with for this movie um especially when he was growing up was um the video game and the soundtrack i remember like i remember the cover for the video game i don't remember playing it like i remember the picture on the on the game or the cover but i don't recall like loving top i don't recall loving top gun when i was younger um, mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that I've liked better as I've gotten older. I mean, not that I hated it when I was younger, but once again, Iron Eagle, you know. This movie gets you in a few good feel spots. Luckily, my, my wife loves this movie, so I know it's a movie that I'm going to watch probably a million times for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when I said we had to watch, turn it on to watch, do the review, um, and she was excited about that. She was like, wait, are tickets on sale? Because I, I always buy tickets like as soon as they go on sale for things. You know, for most movies, I haven't with this one yet. Uh, but I told her, I was like, well, you know, go ahead and buy some if you want some. But I, I checked and 
I uh, I don't think they were on sale until uh, where I was at until you sent me that thing for it today, Ross. The picture of it, I think, when you bought the tickets, or maybe I don't know. I still got to buy them, but I didn't buy them. I just saw that they had their Tuesday event, so I was just sending it out. Yeah, that's what I'm going to. Oh, nice. Yeah, we probably would have gone like sooner, but it was like in essence sold out. And I'm not sitting in the front row. No, absolutely not. No, no. especially not for a movie like this. Sixth no. row. In a regular movie, I feel is right six, seven throws right about right. For a three D movie, you want to be about the fourth row. I would see this in the whatever the expanded screen movie theater is. That'd be cool. Yeah. But I think I'm that's like the, see the it 2DX. I think it's called two DX. It's like has like that. Yeah, whatever that the, I'll let the, you guys I'll let you guys screen. know about the forty X and see it. We'll, we'll see if Claire gets thrown from her seat because I'm just waiting for that. Every movie we see forty X, I'm waiting for that. You saw James Bond, and I did not realize going to a Thursday night showing at like 7 p.m., it was going to be sold out, but there was three seats left, and Matt and I went and saw it together, and the only seats left were in row C, which were third row, and I was like, "Ah, it's James Bond, I'll be fine. I was looking up and saw the the trailer for 355 and said, hell no, and went back to the register and got a seat for the last seat that was open. And there was three seats beside me. I was like, there's nobody sitting here. And the movie had started. I texted Matt because he was still in the front row. I was like, there's nobody sitting here. Come up. And he was like, no, like, we don't know if they're going to show up. And so I stuck my phone on do not disturb because that's what I do in movie theater. And he texted me about 30 minutes into the movie and was like, are they there? Can I come up? <laughs> and I like completely was like focused. And so it's like, yeah, no, I buy my tickets. If I know I'm going to mm-hmm. see it and it's a popular movie, like I buy my tickets when it comes on sale. So I don't have to deal with that ever again. I'm just, I, I love assigned seating first and foremost yes. because I, all i remember is trying to go see midnight showings because like the fridays <laughs> were when the movies came out you could go thursday at 12 p.m to go right. see the movie mm-hmm. and that's when like we used to go and see all of our movies that we used to go see in high school at like 12 p.m on thursday night mm-hmm. and Be especially during the sun, a, yeah a 12 a.m <laughs> um i wasn't gonna call <laughs> whatever the case may be midnight <laughs> Um, but yeah, I remember like, that's the thing. And like, if you were, if there was a line, you would start counting the people that were in line mm-hmm. like, okay, that right there takes up the great section. So are we going to be totally screwed or what's the deal here? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm like, so thankful they moved away from midnight showings. Oh, well. <laughs> well, it was, it was an event. I remember it, it was exciting at that age. It was exciting yeah. because well, you, know, then, I mean, you, you were could, 16, you couldn't, 17 like, young. It was thing, you couldn't. Purchase tickets online. It's like literally you went either to the box office. That's how you got your tickets. I mean, because I remember oh, all yeah. the Star Wars movies. It was like, that's how you got your tickets. And your ass better be first in line if you wanted a good seat. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I stood in line for a movie ticket, to be truly honest with you. It's been that long that I've been buying movie tickets online now. It's crazy. I'm a, I've never stood in line for a movie ticket. Uh, the last time I stood in line for a ticket was football for Notre Dame mm-hmm. <laughs> at Clemson for student tickets. Yeah, I think episode two was probably about the last time I truly remember standing in line for a movie ticket. It might have out. been the third one. It might have been. Hey, it might have been the two. I don't know. It's- I remember doing it episode two because I remember going to 
was at High Point Mall. And I think I, I did for the first Transformers movies too. The first Transformer movie. I'm not sure if I caught those on opening night. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did I'm sorry. I mean, I'm 80s kid. See, the first time I could see like Optimus Prime, yes, I'm there. I don't care. Michael Bay, I don't give a shit. It's there. I did but not Rock go Gun. see a movie opening weekend until college. So. I think we Wait, started what? high school. When I started going seeing, I have three siblings, Ross. Okay, so it was bring everybody to the movie theater, <laughs> and this six people going to the movie theater was like 80, 100 bucks. So we went one time a year for Christmas, and we might have seen like two or three other movies, but it was like with high school friends, like two or three weeks after the movie came out, right. Oh my god! I remember getting dropped off at the movie theater by my parents or my friend's parents. <laughs> I was homeschooled oh, yeah. and then went to high school, so I didn't really have a lot of friends. <laughs> Man, being dropped off at movie theaters, Carnival Map, goodness gracious! Yeah, I remember that. Sure I lived. I lived when I was uh, when I was, I'd say, like fourteen to like the rest of fourteen or fifteen throughout the rest. Yeah, about fourteen. It's about seventh grade. Throughout the rest of my uh, high school, I lived like across the street from a movie theater. So you could, and me and Ross used to literally ride our bikes probably 20, 30 miles a day. Like we would ride from one side of town all the way on the other side of town and back. Like we we rode our bikes a lot. But this movie theater being across the street and next to a bowling alley, it was. That's a good time right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was I remember high. many a time watching more than one movie there. <laughs> and that movie theater was open up until uh, two years ago. COVID shut it down. Oh, man. That's and it was, a, it was dollar tickets for, for movies. Dollar tickets, you get like up $3 popcorn. Up until that point that it shut down? But, yeah. But oh, it, was, this, it, was, this was it was a really bad movie. Yeah, really <laughs> I'm, I'm sure movie. it was like upscale, you know, 100%. Oh, yeah. You know, just like you know, the finest Fantastic thing, you know? foyer. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we are way off topic, y'all. Yeah, we oh, sorry. sorry. We 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 chase squirrels. I'm sorry about that. I know we do, but it's okay. But okay, so is there any? We've we've kind of talked around the flying scenes quite a lot. Is there any flight scene in particular that y'all enjoyed? I will. I will say I I did enjoy, especially like one of the um, the end scenes where Maverick for the most part, just like straight up put on the brakes and just like, just did his little, just yeah. skirt and just, you know, came up and then come back I love those. You know, behind. I'm like, that is like awesome as hell. And of mm. course, obviously the second would be, you know, the inverted, and, you know, there's always been a question where it's like, is, would that be like feasible in the real world? Because if you think about it, the MIGs, you know, have like the single, um, Finn, and then mm-hmm. what was it? They were what flying F-14s. Yeah. So they had like the dual. So it's kind of like if you did invert it, it's like you would be kind of like between the two. So nothing would really hit, right? In theory. By the way, yeah. you could totally do it, even if they're both singles. But that's what I'm saying. It's like because I've seen a few things saying crazy. where like, oh, this is not feasible. You couldn't do that. I'm like, can you but, really? But it's I also yeah. I'd be like, it's also a movie. So. <laughs> well, it's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. It's that too. Because, but that is freaking awesome. I think about if you like invert with like a mid, you're like, hey, you know, we're just yeah. 
and then mm-hmm. take a pol- take a Polaroid. My kids don't Polaroid. know what a freaking Polaroid is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine always like, want Polaroids. They it's like if are. you look at my like um you know like, like photo album for like me being young, everything is like a Polaroid up until probably loud. Oh my god, I can't remember how old I was when it's not being a Polaroid. Impatient, used to mean you needed a Polaroid. Like if you were impatient and you didn't want to go to the the hour in this like turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> with us talking about those fight scenes, there was one thing that at the end of it I was kinda like, oh, I wish they kinda would have done without that. And I, I'm not as familiar with any of this stuff because I've never flown a jet before. But like, okay, he gets caught in the jet wash the first time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what puts him in the flat spin. So as soon as he goes back out there, he gets caught in jet wash again. And it's like, Ross, I don't know. You may know more about this than I do. I, it, that's not a really super common thing, especially for a trained pilot. Like, that's something you, I, I would assume, right? So being, like, in two situations back-to-back, hitting it twice. Like, I know they wrote it in there for him to be able to defeat the demon that was in him, and I get that. But I feel like you could have just had him actually go out there and fly after the event that just happened, and that's that's beating the demon. But that was one thing I was like, wow, would he really that happened again? But okay, I get it. And like I said, I'm not an expert with it, so maybe it is something that's more common. The odds aren't in his favor. I mean, although jets go fast, they are, I mean, their pocket envelope size is ridiculously small. And so even if they fly behind each other, you're talking about something that, I mean, it's equivalent to sitting in a turn lane, stopped, and having a semi-truck blast, blast, you know, blast by you going like 60, and you feel like your vehicle shake, mm-hmm. you know? It's kind of, it's... It's a real thing, but to happen twice that that close in his own, in his brain, not to sit there and register how to get out of that way or for it to not be a cognizant thing within so many weeks of him having the first problem. Right. I wouldn't imagine that it would be that serious the second time around. Well, then again, in the same token, I think one of the themes throughout this movie is, like I said, you know, like to kind of beat your demons. It's like, you know, kind of, you know, even though you have like, you know, think about how many movies where it's like you're like you're like the absolute low, the worst thing that could ever happen, but yet you still beat it. You still, you're still the hero, you know, versus whatever happens. So I mean, it's it's still a movie, <laughs> but it's still it's like no matter what you're. I mean, think about a lot of you know the superhero slash comic book movies. It's like no matter how, it's always darkest before. A, the dome yeah. you know if you think about that and it's you know because honestly i'm thinking like if i lost like my like sister dude that takes a lot to come back from that so i mean it's like or, or, you know it's it's like one of those things where you know no matter how shitty it gets you know you can still come back and you can still you know be your best but again how realistic is that honestly if it would have been a series, that would have happened like episodes six and seven of ten. <laughs> you know? that's, that's the difference between streaming series and movie. I guess they had to cram that stuff in there. Maybe it felt a little rushed. So. I don't know. It's it's easy to pick it apart. It's easy to say, oh, yeah. you know, if hey man, if that was me, I don't know if I would have you know the mental you know, fortitude to handle something like that. But I mean. That was the golden age of movies like this. It's mm-hmm. because it was so over the top. You know, it was like these characters were so, you know, fantastic to where it's like you want do you wanted to be Maverick. If you 
if you guys say you didn't want to be Maverick, you're lying. You were absolutely lying because that was like Doug Masters. (laughs) (laughs) Iron Eagle, baby. (laughs) But I mean, and and that's the point. I mean, regardless of whether it was Top Gun, regardless of it was Iron Eagle, regardless of, you know, whatever. Regardless, it was hot shots. I mean, whatever. I mean, you still, it's like, you know, these main characters, it's like the, you know, they have the highs, the lows, they get over it. And it's, it's just such a, they're such badass movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to, 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 quote, to quote Johnny from Cobra mm-hmm. it's like, it's just be badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think this movie and the new one coming out, honestly, it, it, it's going to be successful. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very positive it's going to be good, especially with a good reason to come out. But even if it wasn't like a, a smash up movie, I think that just the nostalgia factor for people who don't even love Top Gun are going to want to go see this movie because it's so hyped up now. Like I, I hear so many people talking about this movie yeah. and I'm like, Wow, okay. Like, I, I wouldn't expect you to be a person who would get excited for Top Gun, but that's one of those movies that for a lot of people hit you in those feel good spots. But honestly, you know? when you hear like the theme, the Top Gun theme, when you hear that first boom, you're like, dude, that, that gets you attention. I don't give a mm-hmm. shit who you are. That's what gets you attention because you're like, oh, it's like, it's almost like an anthem. Actually, I think it's called the Top Gun anthem. That's literally what it's called. It's Could the be. Top Gun anthem. And it's just, it just, and of course, then I'm like, please, please let them have dangers. If you don't, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> At least I have some form of fashion. You know. Has anyone redone Danger Zone? Not, not like I know people have redone you it. But can't like, are they though. doing it for this movie? Like, are they mm-hmm. are they gonna remaster like a? I don't know. I'm maybe it'll be like a background, or if it's not like a four, you know, like a a theme. Maybe it'll be like a background, like you know, it's got to be in there somewhere because it's so like Top Gun. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so like you've got to have this. <laughs> There's certain elements of Top Gun you've got to have. So well, I think, sorry, I think the only music we know of the soundtrack includes a new song by One Republic, "I Ain't Worried," and Lady Gaga, "Hold mm-hmm. My Hand." Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga also composed the score alongside Hans Zimmer, Lauren Balf, and Harold <laughs> Faltermeyer. The soundtrack album will be released on May 27th. I can get yeah. down with Hans Zimmer and Lady Gaga. But you, you've got to have there's there's got to be there's going to be some background if if it's not in the foreground there's got to be some background. Yeah, of, I just yeah, have Kenny Loggins in there somewhere. <laughs> and so that ten percent actually there's probably not even ten percent. There's like a ninety-five to like ninety-eight percent chance they could screw it up if they redid it. But I'm holding out. Yeah, real fine little percent to see what they could do with it if they did something mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I don't need like a I don't need like a screamo mix. I just mm-hmm. need like a I need something that that changes my heartbeat to the bass in that song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, and you know this new movie too. Like they they I think uh, Tom Cruise like pitched heavily for Val Kilmer to come back. I don't know if y'all mentioned this when I'd stepped away from a moment ago, but he pitched heavily for Val Kilmer to come mm-hmm. back. But what was the uh, the female name that played the main lead, the uh, female lead in this movie? Was oh, that, that was Kelly McGlitt. Uh, Kelly McGlitt. Yeah. I, I heard a story today where she actually lives in Hendersonville, North Carolina, which is cool. That's, you know, right. That's it's right, down, it's like yeah. right down the road from you. <laughs> um, and uh, she was asked why she didn't come back. And it wasn't a matter of her, like, not even being asked. She just said, she's, I'm, I'm old and fat. Now, but it's like specific. She said, "I'm old and fat." She said, "I quit acting a long time ago to take care of my family, and I just never look back." And that's she's like, "I'm not Tom Cruise," you know. I aged. Look, if I <laughs> so was, I was like, oh, okay. if I was Kelly McGill's, I'm like, 
own fat, I don't care. I'll be, I'll be all up in it. Do I still take your breath away? Because you know, women age and shit happens. I'm sorry. And I'm not saying she shouldn't have been because it was just funny that like she specifically like and said that, and I was like, wow, okay, well, so perfect for a Scientology joke. I'm sorry, Tom. Well, Tom Prince had an age, so I mean, you know, I mean, I guess his love interest, I mean, you know, she couldn't have either, so oh my God. Full disclosure, uh, if I had more time this week, I was definitely going to come on here with a Tom Cruise deep fake face swap, just to, just to make this interesting for the whole nice. entire conversation. <laughs> I, I find it interesting, though, that, this, that there's been so many movies that have had the, the COVID effect, whether it be good or just not good whether it be bad or worse and i think that tom cruise and this maverick top gun movie is sitting at par level with covid like it has taken so long for it to come and it's been pushed back and now we're at the point where it's coming out and it still has as far as what i know more hype than it did when they were first talking about it well and sarah i'm not it's it's the older generation who wants to see the films that they grew up with kind of I'm because fine that was the older generation. I'm fine with that. You can, you can be fine. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to... I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm super fine with that. Well, cause like James Bond, the majority of people in that screening, I think maybe 15% of it was younger generation, like college students or like twenties, thirties. But then, like, you get, like, a lot of them were (laughs) gray-haired. And so I was just, like, because James Bond is such a beloved character and has gone through several um, generations, I think you got a lot of people for that opening weekend. Um, You're going to get a lot of people opening weekend um, from that same generation who want to come see this because this is a movie from the 80s. I think terminator did pretty much the same thing um every terminator reboot has had that yeah ghostbusters jurassic so. park same thing when it been you know started yeah absolutely new, i mean it's, yeah a lot of these movies it's like you know word of mouth because you know you had the iter- you know the initial iteration from you know like 80s or 90s and i mean a lot of these movies they have aged well you know they're rewatchable movies you know it, it has come it has solidified itself into pop culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you hear Top Gun, when you hear Maverick, and then when you hear like you like you said, it's like I feel need for speed. You know, even even the you know the gifts that you see, you know, if you send on you know, <laughs> you can send somebody, you know, it it's there. And now like the younger generation are like, Well, you know, what's the deal with this? Because mm-hmm. now you're having, you know, the sequel, you know, Greg, like you said with Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle, you had the first one, then you had four. It took 36 years to finally get a sequel to Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Top Gun is better. Well, but, and, and, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, you know. And you know what? The, that could. Oh, sorry, good. But the, the fact of the matter is, a lot of times when you have these sequels, it's like you want to bring in the original actors to, you know, be these characters. Tom Cruise, he may not age, but Home Slice is aging. Mm-hmm. He might not look like it, but he is. Yeah. He's not going to be around forever. So, and he's not going to be as, you know, agile because, you know, with like a lot of the stunts and stuff he's done, especially from, um, 
you know, oh God, what was the other Mission one? Impossible. Yeah, exactly. You know, all those hanging from his fingertips from freaking cliffs and shit. I mean, he can't do that forever. Right. So, I mean, for him to come back and be, you know, Pete Maverick Mitchell, I will take that any day, any day. Well, I think what you were talking about there with like the the space of the movies coming out, I think we cracked the code of why Avatar is taking the second one's taking so long. Is they wanted different generations to experience each movie, you know? So now that now the now the kids of the people who saw the first movie can see the second one, and say, "Hey, I want to go back and watch that first one." You so know? as James Cameron is rolling around in his grave because they're still coming out with the movies, that's his plan all along. That was the plan. Dude, don't even along. start on the Avatar. Don't even even start. I love. I the fell first asleep. Movie. I don't remember the last forty-five minutes. So <laughs> the first one was a long. The movie it was fantastic, yeah. visually beautiful, groundbreaking for the time. Freaking long. But now you come out with that's another Avatar two. You can drown in water or whatever the name of it is. I don't <laughs> the way of water. Why <laughs> it's part two? So you can drown in water. Is that what you called it? There's been, there's been some interesting like TikToks along this the, the new one because I'm like, oh my god, this is just just mm-hmm. just release it. Let me see it. Then I can make my own judgment because yeah, right now my brain you. can't handle it. <laughs> All right, y'all. We have talked about top gun we have talked about kind of things that we want to see top gun maverick have is there anything else y'all want to talk about top gun before we get to ratings Mm -hmm. covered everything for me i think i'm good okay how about you ross yeah i mean it's top gun it's awesome yeah when you think about this movie (laughs) you literally think about the key points so yeah i think we talked about them all all right ross since you're new here What's your rating? What's the scale, Katie? Yeah, what is our scale? Um, I use one to five because the letterboxed, uh, but you can do one to ten. <laughs> well, I'll do one to five, or if I can do incremental. I mean, time has withstood the test of time. I will give it. I'll give it a three and a half. I think that it only because it is an older film and it has withstood the test of time, and I think that. The story on on the nose was very simple. Mm-hmm. It didn't require a whole lot of thinking. It wasn't like you know, uh, it wasn't like Interstellar, to where you really needed to find your mind's eye to even talk about it. But it wasn't also, you know, like a walk in the park. You know, something so stupid that you just needed to take less time. So I do believe that when it came out, it did something phenomenal that nowadays it's all done with computers and green screen and everything else so sticking with the practical effects and everything else i'll stick with that greg what you got i'm pretty close to it i'll go four out of five um that's a eighty percent and solid b it was a good movie uh it does hit you know the nostalgia bone a little bit and it's also a movie that I got to kind of like because I'm going to see it a million more times. You know, <laughs> with my wife before I die. Thanks, so, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, it's a, it's a stand up movie. It does hold test or hold the test of time. Yeah, passes. The test. I don't know. It's good for being an old movie. <laughs> Sarah, what you got? I will give it a solid four. The reason reason being, like I said, action wise, adrenaline, testosterone, it hits all the marks. Now, as far as like some of the intricate storylines, yes, I have issues with it. But it is for a movie from 86. It is super rewatchable. It's 
It's one of those movies that you can still invest your time in it, and you're thinking, oh, my God, this is still freaking awesome. So, I'm solid four, man. Solid four. All right. I am in the same boat as Greg and Sarah. I've got a four out of five. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to love fighter pilot movies. Um, I think Captain Marvel's the exception, but there's other reasons for that. Um, That's another squirrel, right? That's another squirrel. Um, uh, So I, and Tom Cruise gives a great performance. Kelly um, McGillis gives a great performance. And Ross is right. It's a very simple story, but for me, it works. And a lot of the physical effects really still hold up. Um, and yeah, so I'm a solid four out of five. So so we highly recommend it. Go watch it. it. If you have not seen it before seeing Maverick, go watch it. Yep. (laughs) And y'all, this is coming out. I think the week before Maverick comes out, I'm too lazy to pull up my calendar with all of, like the show notes and everything. Oh, this is coming out with <laughs> Obi Wan. No, I think she means this show. Yeah, oh, this show is going to yeah. come out the week before Bye-bye. Maverick. Um, we're doing another show on Obi Wan Kenobi because I host the Star Wars Alliance one, so that's a different topic. Um, so uh, the so Greg, tell us where they can find you. We'll close slice film out. Oh, well, you can find me here, uh, Super Civil Servants Podcast at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two, or you can check me out on the C Three Panthers Podcast. We go live Tuesdays at nine PM Eastern Standard Time. Ross, you're not on social media, right? Not on social media. <laughs> I don't exist. Yeah, you, you can find either me hit- here nine PM right here. on the SCS <laughs> on the Podcast SCS. YouTube channel. Yeah, e- either hit up me or um, Greg to get a hold of Ross. So we'll relay messages. We got his digits. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at my lady kitten. Um, and then obviously, you know, here Friday nights at, um, you know, the SCS podcast. Um, and every so often you're catching me Katie on slice of film. So I'm like, yeah, I know about that one. <laughs> Our free guy episode dropped this past weekend. And I didn't even realize this was episode 50 for slice of film. Oh, yeah. And oh, I forgot gosh. to celebrate at all. So yeah, I'm celebrating right now because that was a little show that could. That's awesome. <laughs> so I will send out a tweet in the morning because I've been meaning to do so all week and I'm just slacker. So yeah, that free guy that that was a really super. It fun. was it was great. But I think I'll get back and listen to that because I'm sure it was probably crazy. <laughs> I had Clay, Clay had to go through and find the ad breaks because I lost all of, like the paperwork I did because I thought yeah. I lost the audio. Yeah. And so Clay listened to it. It was like I was rolling laughing at y'all because you were like, I don't understand this video game logic <laughs> that's happening. But, you know, I really like everything else about this scene. So like, Dang, we recorded on. it like months ago. It was August. Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> I was so heartbroken. You're like, I can't find the audio. I was like, no way. This is a good one. <laughs> I know. So y'all go check that out. Um, if you'd like to follow me on the social media where I just forget to post constantly, Slice of Film <laughs> is on Twitter. It's at Slice of Film 1. Eventually, I will get Mark and Sarah the credentials for that so that maybe I don't have to tweet all the things. Um, <laughs> my other show on the Geek Ultimate Alliance podcast network is at Star Wars Alliance with the A in the Wars. And that is also on Instagram at the same username. Um, my personal Twitter is at Slice of Katie. And that's also my Instagram. So you can go check me out anywhere. I like to pop into SCS when I can. Because I'm always. I, I like to sleep. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but y'all, thanks for letting us um, crash the party. 
Um, congratulations on four years, y'all. Very impressive. Thank I you. hope to one day be at that mark. Um, but y'all, I want to thank everyone for listening or watching if you're here on SCS. And we will see y'all next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, Kate. Right, that time down. All right. So now back to just rolling into SCS here. Katie, did you want to stick around for a few minutes? Because there was one thing I wanted to ask you, and then I had a couple news things I want to touch on that you might have a thing that's true to say, but I just so I'm I, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So okay. I can stick around for a little bit. But <laughs> okay. definitely once y'all start talking about shows and stuff, because I haven't seen any of those, I think we're gonna do like a Paramount Plus like 30 day and like binge a couple things. Um, talk like to I'll me binge. before you do that. Talk to okay. Talk to me so I can steer you straight. Yeah. Well, Matt wants to watch Halo, and I pick. I pick everything, so Matt gets to pick something. You won't be disappointed with it. Halo's done. Halo's done next week, but Strange New Worlds. If you guys are Star Trek fans, just started, so you gotta wait. Really good too. Yeah, because and Katie, that's one thing I need to talk about because your Starlog. We need to talk about that. Remember what I tweeted? Okay. Starlog. It was something about you. It was like on Twitter. She's you know something about her puppy. She's like Starlog, but I'm like that's not how it starts. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh, she's like I don't know anything about Star Trek. In, in my defense, <laughs> I was also sleep deprived. Greg Ross, y'all didn't know this, but Antilles two weeks ago mm-hmm. had a cluster seizure. Oh no. So he's good now. He hasn't had a seizure in two weeks. Mm-hmm. He's on medication now. He yeah. will be for the rest of his life. So we're happy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think at that point, I was literally, I had probably had maybe eight hours of sleep in the past three days. So I knew it was Captain's Log, but I was just like, <laughs> I need to tweet something. Right. And because it's I'm like losing Captain's my mind. Log star date. <laughs> You're like, just star that's log. where the star date came I was like, good try, but no, that's not it. <laughs> I have four Star Trek things. I've only seen the new movies. That's all I've seen. See, yeah, you were like me a year ago. So well, I mean, you're like a lot of people. <laughs> it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. I, I mean, clearly, Star Wars, Star Wars, there's yeah. more Star Wars over there. Kind of rules. Also, the roost. you can see my ROTC jacket over and there. Hey, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> and, like, and like I said, hey, you Star Wars, hey, I will totally, you're. You are just the mistress on that. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. One of my go-tos. That's right. Oh, Greg, there is a new version of the Revan book coming. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully what? by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Oh, pre-order. Oh. Well, you know what? This is a perfect segue. Then I was going to start out with the Doctor Strange stuff because I do want your opinions on Doctor Strange because I have. But but since we're talking Star Wars, I had a couple Star Wars things I wanted to put out there, and one is about the um, the. Um, the book coming out on the 28th, uh, June 28th, the uh, Shadow of the Sith. I, saw I think an- that's, I think, I thought that was July. Uh, it, it could be. I'm not sure. I have it pre-ordered, so I'm not worried about it. it, it I'll get an alert when it gets dropped to my phone. Um, but there was an article the other day, and I'll share this. And look at this picture. This is um, kind of a hint of. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It's June 28th. Is it June 28th? Okay. That, yeah. Ross, that must have been the thing that I was thinking about. That I was telling you about. I remember something was on your birthday, and I was like, okay. So I <laughs> couldn't remember what it was, but that was it. Um, but let me share the screen real quick. And I wanted to know if you knew anything about this character. I tried to look some stuff up, but I had no idea who it was. It's the new, uh, it says fans may already know her name. I don't know who this is. I've been doing a lot of Star Wars reading lately, but I don't know who this is. 
so apparently this character i believe their name is kira okay um and they are presented in the interludes i think it's the interludes for aftermath life debt however if you're reading star wars books i cannot not recommend aftermath like don't read it it's not worth it it? okay don't read that trilogy uh chuck windig is an okay person um but it like the books are absolute trash okay um i i have only read the first one and i have tried it took me probably four times to actively get through that book um, and then I tried to start the second one. I've tried to start the second one like six or seven times. I'm eventually I heard the going second to... one was good, or at least like better. I don't know. Okay, I I'm I'm fixing to start a read through of everything in chronological order. Clearly, I have all the books, so I can do that. Um, so I'm going to force my way through them because. I'm also going to be working on written reviews and kind of key plot points um, for people to kind of take notice of. And I'm going to be doing that on my personal website, Slicer Scribbles. Um, so my goal is to start that in June. I'm going to read a couple books and then start publishing. Um, so I will force my way through them, but I absolutely hated Aftermath. Mm-hmm. And like the main character in Aftermath is Wedge Antilles. And my dog Antilles, that's who he's named after. So I love reading those books. If you want Wedge Antilles' perspectives, go read the X-Wing series that is Star Wars Legends. Because those are way better books. That is my opinion and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) I I read Legends books, but when they started doing the, the canon books, I started reaching a point where everything was coming out so fast. And not only was it coming out so fast, it was this story's here, this one's here, this one's here. Like it was all over the place. And like, I'm all for like original stories and I'm all for doing their spinoffs. But what was happening was I don't read that like at, to that extent. Like I, I used to, when I had more time, like, uh, I mean, going back to the whole flying thing, like I used to read on flights like all the time, but man, I like ever since like 2015, 2016, like I, I get through, I'm still reading the same book from like last year that I still have not made it through. But then it's like to a point where I don't know if I can keep up with all the stories that they have when they try Mm -hmm. to do it canonically because it's all over the place. Like I'm, I'm better off like paying attention to the comic books and that's not saying a whole lot. (laughs) Well, and I can definitely understand that because like the, this bookshelf has every single legend book on it. That's what I grew up with. That's why I'm a Star Wars fan. Um, I finished that collection late last year. So uh, those are my babies. I will always love those. And that's one of the Patreon shows I'm doing for GUA is actually a Legends walkthrough where I'm walking through the big plot points um, and kind of leading the timeline through. Um, And I, but I completely understand that because that's why I've been holding off on a canon chronological read through but i think at this point i've got enough books where i can walk through it and then just go okay if it's a new material coming out like brotherhood just came out which is an obi-wan anakin book um like i'll review that um 
like on its own and just kind of outside the scope. So, because they're always going to be writing new things. They're always going to be coming out with new stuff. At some point, I just, okay, we got a, we got a lot of books. Right. I need to read some of them. I know that's interesting because I know you're talking about Star um, Star Wars and, you know, the canon legends and all that kind of stuff. And I know I'm kind of coming on the end of this because um, I had to take a break anyways. But just just kind of give you a, a synopsis like with Star Trek, because when I started like reading the books for that, it's like the kind of the same thing because the majority of those books were took place out after Nemesis. So when Picard comes out, Discovery comes out and now Strange New Worlds comes out. It's mm-hmm. like it's you know, I've read all I have all these books that are either like you know, Voyager, um, Titan, which after Next Generation, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like I love it, and dude, it's hard to keep up with that. It's like, okay, which mm-hmm. timeline are we going? <laughs> are we right. going down? And I've, I've, I've tried to keep up with the you know, the Star Wars canon is as well and you know with the, the the books and i don't know if i have enough time to keep up well because well. i'm also at the point where i'm like okay i kind of want to start reading like other things like and sarah we still got to do our bridgerton episode and clay wants to get in on that does um, he he <laughs> does because abby made him watch it and i'm trying to get i'm trying to see if matt will record with us too because he's been doing the comic one with us and i think mm-hmm. that would be hysterical to get like Ever, anyways, um, but I'd like, love Bridgerton, to hear a male perspective. Any male I perspective, I would love <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> um, but like that has me wanting to read more romance books, and I have that top shelf Girl. is the only shelf on that book that's like not Star Wars. There's tons of romance books up there. Let 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 me let me take let me. I can speak on this. I can <laughs> completely speak on this because from the time I was in high school. I went to like the public library and romance novels. It was like the spinny things. They weren't even on the shelf. They weren't like the spinny things by the front door. Girl, I read so many books. I swear, I probably read some of these books. My favorite historical romance, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's, it's actually like a time travel. It's by um, Jude Devereaux. It's um, A Knight in Shining Armor. I probably read that book like five times. I can tell you <laughs> exactly what happened. Mm. Greg, I'm sure Ashley can probably tell you too, because I'm sure she's probably read some of those books. <laughs> I think she, she tries to get into reading novels and stuff like that, but it just doesn't. Some of them are like, yeah. some of them are like super hilarious to the point, like seriously, but I always, I always <laughs> gravitated toward like the historical romance. It's kind of like Richardson, you know, that kind of thing. You know, like yeah. the Duke who loved me or, you know, some crazy shit like that. So yeah, so Bridgerton's like just watching that. I was like, oh my god, I've read this before, and now I'm seeing it, and like, oh my god, this is so different than what my hit my my mental picture was. <laughs> See, I consider Star Wars novels romance novels because I'm fucking in love with them. There you go. <laughs> I like your logic there, man. Me too. But, Me too. But the no, thing about say- historical romance is it's so funny because it's like, okay, this dude knows how to like pull apart a you know like a corset. That's some bullshit. But anyways. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say too, you were talking about Aftermath and how that wasn't a good series. And that's funny because I've actually seen that's like one of the only Star Wars books I see at Walmart constantly is Aftermath. And maybe that's the reason why. Um, but like, I, I don't know, like I, I've got all the High Republic books and I've started a couple of them. I just can't get caught. I, I can't I can't grasp onto that. It just doesn't catch me those books, you know. 
Um, but I still have all of them because I'm gonna I'm gonna go through all of them. I'm gonna read them, uh, or listen to them. Um, but I was caught up in in the Thrawn and and the the Revan books and everything else, and I really fell in love with that. So, now, but I still like right now. There's so many Star Wars books; it's almost impossible to find the right order. Like I have, I've got all those Revan and and um, and uh, Thrawn books, but I've also got like the Scoundrel seer, or book. I've got uh, Heir to the Empire. I've got the Kenobi's Legends. I've got uh, Vader's uh, uh, Rise of Vader. You know, Lords of the Sith. I've got all this stuff that I haven't even read yet because every month I get two credits and I just buy two Star Wars books because there's always Star Wars books that I don't have, you know? Greg, I will text you pictures of my bookshelves because they are in chronological order. Okay. So I can just go through and see if I can find those in that order. That's a good Mm -hmm. way to do it. So Um, I like I like going through things in order because honestly, I did Thrawn before I did Revan and I should like I should have. Well, and like that one's a little bit different because like the Thrawn series you read, that one's canon. Revan isn't right now. So yet. Yet. (laughs) So and I can also send you a the Wikipedia. Wikipedia has a Legends timeline. And it has the canon timeline. However, you're only reading the Del Rey books at this point. So it can get a little convoluted because it has like the comics, the young readers and everything on there. Um, so I'll just send you pictures of my shelf. The canon shelf I have, they're in chronological order by like book type. So. Yes, I'm going to get pictures of her shelf. That's what's up. So like <laughs> this shelf is the hardcovers. I have a standing desk. I'm fancy. And then this one is all (laughs) of my paperbacks. So like these are all in chronological order because to have the, to have them weird stacked where they're not the same, it bugs me. Yeah. So all my hardcovers are the same. And then those are all the same. I did put, these are different paperbacks, but they're still in chronological order. So Well, you know, actually, you talking about it's funny because this hap- this happens so often. But that that us talking about the revenue, you talking about it not being canon, is actually perfect segue into the next Star Wars story that I was looking at. And it's this is really nothing, but it was uh, it was Kevin Foggy Star Wars movie and Star Wars drops first plot hints, and you can read through the whole article, and there's no plot hints at all. Well, That's like, what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't seen any plot hints. Yeah, there's so no plot hints. It, and the Geekverse guys <laughs> did this, and I'm like. What are you talking about? When yeah. was this revealed as an old Republic film? Yes, I'm calling you out, Snell, because like, well, that that's that was the one thing that was in here, and they were like, this is a fan favorite thing, and could they be going to th- thousands of years in the past or to the old Republic? And it's, I'm like, that's great, but you every quote they have from anybody with this is no comment or we haven't decided on this yet. There's nothing, so like everything is yeah. just completely fan based, right? Pretty much. I haven't heard um, anything about it. And like the there's a rumor of a High Republic movie coming and there's a rumor of an Old Republic movie coming. And those are supposed to be the next two movies up. So like Rogue Squadron is supposed to be delayed further. Um, and one of those movies is supposed to be taking its slot. So with Michael Waldron writing the script, their first thought process is, oh, okay, Old Republic. Because... As much as I love the High Republic, like it's not caught as many people of a mainstream fan base because they're just books right. and comics. Right. So until people actually like see it come to Disney Plus or to a movie, nobody's going to be asking those questions other than 
the nitty gritty Star Wars fans. Mm. So um, it's literally re- just roots. It's all under the surface right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate because the people who are working on the High Republic, they're really great authors. And mm-hmm. a lot of the work is some of my favorite pieces of Star Wars. Um, and if for people who are looking for a big Star Wars story and like missing stuff, that's what you want to go look for. Right. Um, because there's like several pieces of media. So there's three middle grade, uh, three young adult, and then three adult books. Not to mention all the comics and the graphic novels that came out. And you're in a lull right now because phase two is not supposed to come out until October. So it's the perfect time to get caught up on those if you're interested. Um, they had uh, High Republic. They had at least three comics for a uh, free comic book day mm-hmm. out on the table, like right before you walked in uh, the places we went to. And I mean, like I once again, like it, it's one of those things like it just has not had enough steam with me yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think mainly because I want to see much more. I want to see more structure. And I know that it takes time to build structure. And I say this yeah. all the time about like the Marvel films, you know, people are really down on the Marvel films right now because like we're post Endgame, And when you're post such a big event like that, everything after that seems very non-climactic for a very long time. And I think that high Republic is that for me because I'm still dancing around. I love all the stories that we got in legends and everything that came prior to you know i love all the post um episode six stuff that we got out of legends but then you turn around and you try to you're not reinventing the wheel but you're trying to you know to to retread the tire and then it's it's, to me it just has not caught that point yet now that we talk about kevin feige i think it's literally just something else to try to keep star wars relevant in the world of titles we need something to talk about put it out there you know the we keep going back and forth on the whole rogue squadron patty jenkins thing um you know they they mothballed um ryan johnson's trilogy mm-hmm. you know we sit here and talk about who else is going to do what other movie they're going to come out with and to me it's all i don't want to say it's all hearsay but i mean like there's COVID introduced a whole new problem, but this has been a Star Wars problem prior to mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to say that anything is to blame for other than the fact that I just don't think that besides what people that I've listened to have dubbed the um, Mandalorian TV universe, uh, we haven't really seen a whole lot of solid traction beyond yeah. what we're doing for the Disney Plus shows. They need to pick a direction and kind of stick in that direction. And yeah. honestly, I'm super happy that The High Republic has been a book-only endeavor so far uh, because it's not it's not forcing everybody to cross yes. over and it still allows the books to be very much relevant mm-hmm. in the universe um, because that was their big concern with Legends. Um it was the initial reaction was Kathleen Kennedy was like, Oh, well we want to go in our own direction. We don't want people to be confused. And I'm like, well, Star Trek does it. Why can't star Wars do it? Star, <laughs> does it. star Trek does it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean, legends 110% is the reason that George Lucas was able to sell Lucasfilm to Disney because legends kept star Wars relevant. Mm-hmm. So, 
it, it it really sucks that it kind of hit the fan, but there are some really great novels um, for Star Wars canon. Uh, Brotherhood that just came out. I know I talked about it earlier that I read that. Um, I listened to it. It was a great book. Actually, I almost um, just bought it because <laughs> I'm looking at it. I have two credits, and I was like, mm, maybe I should get that one. It, it was really great. Um, Mike Chin did a fantastic job. Uh, we will be reviewing that on Star Wars Alliance May 25th. Um, so I'm going to get a little more in depth with it and like go through, take my notes, highlight in the book. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right. Well, that was all I really had about the Star Wars there, unless y'all had anything else you want to say about it. And I was, the only other thing I, well, I, I wanted to specifically talk with you about, Katie, was um, I haven't heard your thoughts on Doctor Strange yet. And <laughs> I always love hearing your thoughts in these movies because you and I share very different things thoughts on these but oh you always there's nothing wrong with with dreamwalking you know it's just that we always like I, so i'm interested did this did Dr. you Strange want to hear her hot take don't lie did take. it move the needle for you uh is it changing your rankings up like or was it you know another marvel movie um so let me pull my ranking up because i need to remember where it's at okay um, so you're smart. You have your ranking written down. I have mine somewhere in an audio form, but I haven't written it down. Uh, Letterboxd is your friend. You can make lists and like ranked lists. Hmm, okay. It's very nice. So Marvel Cinematic Universe ranked. So uh, I'm going to go. Incredible Hulk is number 28. <laughs> Thor is number 27. No Way Home is number 26. Okay. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is number 25. Wow. Okay. Okay. I can, now. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Go ahead. You have issues with Wanda's story. Yep. Okay. 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 Now. I don't know if you were looking in the in the GUA chat because... No, 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 no. It's like, Katie, I, I know you, lady. I know you. I know you. <laughs> I, can, I can think how... I can figure out how... Because I can see where you're going with that. I can see where you're going. So, well, I th those were some of my issues too with the movie. I like the movie, but though Wanda's thing was so, I want to hear your like, what what was an issue with it? Because it's the same thing I'm thinking. Um. So where is it? Um. So I had a lot of issues with just the way the story went. Um. I think that the visuals are very beautiful and I actually enjoyed some of the stuff that Raimi did in the film. Um, my issues definitely lie in the story because I'm always going to lean more towards a story with character development. I, I think I reiterate that every review is that's the most important thing to me. Um, I've dealt with a lot of trauma um, between college and childhood. And so Wanda is a character that I've strongly related to. And to see her dealt the hand she was dealt in Multiverse of Madness uh, pissed me off. <laughs> um, I'm curious. It's like, well, before I get into that, um, mm -hmm. America Chavez was also, she could have been a prop. She did not need to be in this movie. Hmm. She could have been something else. Um, I think Gomez does a great job with what she's handed. She mm -hmm. makes the best with what she's got. Um, but they literally just like said, oh yeah, here's America Chavez, your representation. Okay. Bye. <laughs> like, 
Like it she was, was like just like in, injected. It was like just there was not really anything. There's like no structure. It was like just like boom, boom, boom. Here you go. Yeah. And Stephen Strange really doesn't get a whole lot of development either. I thought his um, story arc in this was very much replicated from Doctor Strange. And I'm a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to love this movie. Um, because as soon as I found out he was cast for Doctor Strange in the first one, I was like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be my favorite. And Doctor Strange, let me tell you. Doctor Strange is number 11 on my list. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so, so the Doctor Strange series for you is like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie for me. Really, really like the first one, and the second one just didn't deliver. Yeah. Um, and I actually wrote a full article on Wanda's characterization for Full Circle Cinema. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and drop it in the private chat, but mm -hmm. I'll kind of summarize it. Um, <laughs> I came up with the title myself. It's called Wanda Maximoff in the multiverse of issues <laughs> i thought that was great self life um, well that, that's what i'm saying because it's like i have i have my thoughts that i like i'm i'm kind of curious but i might have a different viewpoint than you may have mm -hmm. so that's why i'm kind of curious to what yours is um so i was actually on the marvel alliance doctor strange review um mm -hmm. so we kind of went over a lot of this there um, but before I got on that and while I was writing this, I actually rewatched WandaVision just to kind of like see the transition. And there's not a whole lot of transition. The Darkhold is mentioned by name only once in WandaVision. And you don't get any idea of what it does to the person who uses it. Agatha has the blackened fingers that Wanda has in Doctor Strange. Um, but that's it. There's no warning um like this can consume you no nothing uh the writers for uh, the showrunner for wandavision um tried to very thoroughly make sure that wanda did not turn into the powerful woman who loses her mind um trope because that's a big thing uh from her comic storyline um game of thrones daenerys targaryen very mm -hmm. similar storylines to kind of what happens where Daenerys faces loses a lot of people and then Wanda loses her kids and they both lose their mind so the WandaVision showrunner um actually tried to make sure that they wrote around that and didn't gave her an opportunity to be someone else um and so I find it I found it really interesting that they had the trailer quote you break the rules and become the hero I do it and become the enemy um and it's it's very frustrating because like they use it to kind of show her reasoning for what she's doing and finally just accepting the role of a villain but strange doesn't even take into consideration her feelings and goes and uses a terrible spell from the dark hold where he knows he actually knows i shouldn't use this and then goes and uses it anyways and Wanda had no idea the depths of the, how the Darkhold would treat her and that there were other options for her to learn how to control her power and stuff. So that really bugged me. Um, and Wanda in her previous appearances in the MCU um, has certain triggers that kind of break her down. Um, Ultron, Pietro, 
um, her parents, Sokovia, it all kind of like causes her to get emotional and everything. But you have um, the Illuminati sequence with the Ultron bots and she doesn't bat an eye. And it would have done worlds of good to kind of show Wanda behind the Scarlet Witch if she'd broken at that moment and like kind of gasped and like gone, these are Ultron bots. What the heck am I doing? Like, I'm destroying all these people just like the Ultron bots were destroying Sokovia and we were having problems there. So I think that would have helped a lot. Um, and I really loved WandaVision. I thought it was a great case study in, on how to process grief because everybody processes grief differently. And again, it was not focused. It was focused on not turning Wanda into another Daenerys. So the MCU has shown that they're able to work around comic storylines and change those up to fit their needs. And they should have changed this one um, because the strong woman can't survive trauma grief um, is a very old storyline that needs to kind of be thrown out. So that's, that's kind of a summary. <laughs> Greg, you're muted. I was going to say, I can agree with you on a lot of those points and it, it kind of leads to what my, my, my biggest issue with the movie was with Wanda's story was I didn't like the way it ended with her because it was mm -hmm. talking, talking a villain down. And you just mentioned, you know, with the Ultron bots, she's not realizing she's doing the same thing with this and that in the movie, she's told a million times the exact same way the movie ends. She's told that a million times it's telegraphed what's going to happen. So I was hoping they were going to go a different direction with it. But in the end, the villain who has been told a million times is talked down and it's like, oh, I don't like that. Like, but. well, and there's, and the GOA guys tried arguing with, tried debating this with me. I don't care if there's two years of storyline between WandaVision and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's not enough shown on screen to actively show that transition into straight villain that we get in Multiverse of Madness. There's just not. Yeah. And, like, and you can uh, headcanon anything you want behind the scenes. I do it for Star Wars. I, I do it all the time. But I just, for a character that means so much to me, and the second most, the second female hero in the MCU, especially after the way Captain Marvel was treated in her storyline to get that first solo film, it pissed me off. I get that. Sarah! What's up? I don't really consider Wanda as a villain because what is her motivation? To be Wanda's motivation is to get her kids back. Yeah. Okay. As a parent, that's one thing because Greg, like to, to your point where you're saying it's like talking the villain down. The, I, I felt like the only way that Wanda would be able to realize, hey, you need to like just stop and this is your reality is when as much as she's fighting in every multiverse or whatnot to get her kids, it's like when her kids in that one specific, you know, I guess timeline of what we want to call it, when they're like, they're like literally like petrified and terrified of her. Mm -hmm. And she finally sees herself to where 
I'm fighting. It's it's like I'm I'm going so hardcore to do this. She's like, and it's it's almost like I took it like you know she realized that I'm like destroying all these other you know in this multiverse. It's like you know they have this mom here, and, and as much as she wants to be that mom, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're looking at a you know you're looking in the mirror at yourself. And you realize it's like I'm fighting so hard, but yet I'm literally becoming the enemy. So I never really looked at her as a villain. Um, I mean, I can see how a lot of people would see her as a villain because it's like, you know, the way it's like, but she had this one motivation and that was like, she's like, I want my children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like even the conversation Brian and I had, you know, we were, he was like, well, in that, you know, if you had the Ultron bots and, you know, it's like, would you really, I'm like, Okay, let's think about this, you know, biologically. You know, Vision was not technically the father. Yeah. He definitely wasn't she, in the other universes, I'll tell you that. She create she created these kids. Whether she wanted Ultron, you know, Vision to be the father or not, and what iteration it was, whether he was, you know, like the Paul Bettany version or if he was like, you know, like the Vision version. It's like she ultimately she created these kids for her to fight so hard in every single multiverse or version or whatever you want to say to fight to have these kids back. And for her to finally the only I felt like the only stopping point that she would have to keep her from like, look, lady, this is your end point. It's for those kids to look at her and be like, oh, my God, you're so awful. You're di-. but I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm coming out as a parent. No, no, you're 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 not wrong, and I and I get that. It's just I I think the thing I had the biggest problem with it was it was telegraphed. Like you you could see it coming mm-hmm. the whole movie, and I was like, well, but they, if, what would be if, the if, other option? What would be you, another? You could option? you could figure out some kind of way to defeat her without her just giving up. I, I feel you know that I, I is mean, her defeat. Yeah, I mean it's, as it's just like strong it's just like as she said, is. I mean, what else would stop her? I mean, honestly. I guess it comes down to power sets for me because, like, it seems like in every movie you have different characters that are the most powerful being in the universe just for the sake of that movie, you know? And and I don't know. It, it's like I said, because I saw it coming, I was expecting them to throw me for a loop at the end or to give me something different at the end, and it was exactly what I expected it to be then. Maybe that's my it's my issue. It's why I have a, a problem that's with everything. But 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 it's you know it's it's like I see this coming and I'm not a writer, like, and I know these guys are smarter than me. Like, give me something I a little different to be I didn't necessarily have a problem with, like, the way, like, the kids were brought in to kind of defeat Wanda. I had a problem with her dying at the end. Like, even if it's a faux death. Like, I hate uh, that I was say, trope. Know she's dead. It, was, it, was, it was almost like they, she they became like a martyr. Like like she became a martyr. martyr. It was like, yeah. okay, it's it's on me. I'm going to. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to take care of it. I think, I think that's the issue is like her being a martyr. I think it's more story based. I mean, like if you take her out of the picture because we all believe she's dead, mm-hmm. then because my take at the end of WandaVision was that she was literally using that book to find ways to find her kids. Mm-hmm. And that was the one goal besides becoming more powerful to do that, that she was actually trying to to accomplish and so whenever we have this now we can take her out of the story and not bring her back in until they need something of like maybe like two team-ups down the road or something like that 
you can ice her for the time being and not have to really worry about it. Yeah, and I think I think the way they chose to handle this story, it just it. And Sarah, you obviously being a mother can speak to this, but it really villainizes motherhood. I think <laughs> trying it does. To be, I mean, honestly, it does. I mean, it it villainizes like parenthood. Period. I mean, mm -hmm. because okay, case in point. Think about. I mean, I know the closest is you know your pups. I mean, you know, you would do anything for your your pups, right? I literally just experienced hey, that. I, that's what I'm saying. I would do anything for. I just got a crazy diagnosis for my oldest um, cat, and you know, she's coming on 17. I'm like, well, this is this is something completely new, and I'm thinking I will do whatever I can to keep her going. So, I mean, it's it's whether it's four legged or whether it's two legged, it don't matter. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. It's that mindset of where you literally do whatever you can to, you know, like either be in their life or have them in your life. And then when the reality, when, when the reality finally hits you in the face that this is either it's not meant to be, or it's somebody else's reality. It's not yours. You know, that's a very humbling experience. It's like, I don't give a shit how powerful of a being you are. You know, when you're hit with some, you know, a reality like that, when the one thing that you have, you know, done anything and everything to to get to this point, and then, you know, they look at you and it's like, you know, absolute terror. Like, it just, you know, it's it's not what you expected. You know, you're just like, oh, my God. You know, it's, it's, it's a reality, like, just, like, hits you right in the face. Mm-hmm. This movie was missing the realities where the kids were absolute shits. <laughs> it was missing that because you they're know never what that good. Need? We, we needed. They're not going to sing songs about how they're going to be good if they get ice cream. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're going to be that like throwing funny. shit around the house because they they didn't get ice cream. Give me some damn and ice then, cream. You know, I think that's like the most gonna the, the, just like non-reality. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the. And Greg, I think that you brought this up last week. I do think that the extent of the multiverse travel was overplayed through fan hype and underplayed on the film. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that to some point because it's too difficult to tell a story that bounces around every five to ten minutes in a movie, yeah. in a two-hour movie. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, they're they're... They leaned really heavy on the 838 universe mm -hmm. where those were the kids that she went back to see at the end. Those were where the Illuminati was. That's where that Christine came from. That's where, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Ultron bots, blah, 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 where everything was at. But why, why there's such a strong focus on one? And I don't know if we we're going to get that answer. And I don't know if it was on point or I don't know if it was for a reason because of like, budgeting to tell a story i don't know what any of those things are i just know that i would have liked what you're describing greg a more twist of an ending mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't know what kind of twist that i would really imagine i'll tell could... you I'll go tell ahead you. you miss a prime opportunity because her entire time or everything's talking about bending reality and reality and reality. You don't ever see her do anything to reality. You see her do things in different multiverses, but never in reality. 
Well, guess what's a great storyline to introduce the X-Men? House of M, where she <laughs> alter, where she creates her own reality. They missed Don't a prime to... opportunity in this movie yeah. of her doing that and walk. Thing. Now, I'm sure they have their own plan to walk X-Men in. I'm just saying, I but feel you're like bringing a gun to a knife fight. fight. I mean, it's like it's it's, it's a big storyline. You know, it really is. I mean, I don't know. Even but, just a touch on it. Yeah, it, it's difficult if they're going to do it. I hope they don't focus on that 8 to 8 universe a lot more, though, because Reed Richards is dead in that universe, and I want to see some damn Reed Richards. They're all dead. Bolticus, or Blackicus, yeah. Bolt, Bolticus is dead, or whatever <laughs> they call <him>. Black Bolt. <laughs> I know. But I love that. I love the gibberish moment. Yeah. The fact that he she don't could have shut his mouth, that was Enterprise. You're right. I guess that you're right. That is her changing reality a little bit there. So. And she definitely, you know, like we said last week, spaghetti, uh, Mr. Fantastic. So, yeah. No. But yeah, I just, to get, I just wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on that, <laughs> Katie. And I, I know, like I said, you always, I love your, your takes on a lot of DC and Marvel movies, especially because we have a lot of different views on them, but we actually agree on a lot of this stuff on this one. Yeah. I don't have mine ranked as low as yours, but also for, like I had more middle of the pack for me. Um, but, but I don't exactly know where it would land because I had to go back and look at my list. But for me, like basically from like 11 to like 23, it, they're all about the same anyway. There's yeah. only like five that are, I'm kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah. And my goal, because uh, I want to establish myself more as a written reviewer. So my goal with these is Matt and I, we were trying to do an MCU rewatch <laughs> uh, <laughs> before this happened. And then we watched like minute. a shit ton of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we didn't actually, I think we got, I think we got to Iron Man 2. Or no, that's the next one we need to watch. So then we didn't get far. So, um, but yeah. Um, I, I know I always come with the hot takes. I was really frustrated with yeah. this. So uh, Nothing wrong with that, you know. So I like different, different points of view. I, I agree with you on a lot of stuff, so. But yeah, I just want to get checks that. I didn't really have, I had a couple other news things, but it's getting kind of late with the news and I want to get these shows out of the way and nothing else is really important. But I definitely want to talk Star Wars with you because, yeah, love it. And, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on Doctor Strange. So, but I think we are going to, unless y'all have, Ross, do you have anything specific you want to talk about news? Sarah, anything specific you want to talk about news? I'm good. I'm absolutely good. I guess I could say Doctor Strange did pass 500 million two days ago. That's pretty good. Pretty good return. Yeah, it's not bad. So, far. so, but all right, cool. Well, um, I guess we'll get into the shows. Uh, Katie, do you want to go ahead and hop yeah, off? I'm gonna get, some, get some rest? Cool deal. Well, you were on here before that you said where they could find you at, but uh, you're always welcome here. We love having you on, and uh, you know, I'm gonna I get in contact with you at the next book goodbye. I can't wait till you and Matt like actually binge Halo because that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I think there's like one, gonna love one episode left. <laughs> yeah, put it this way, Brian will not watch it. He will not watch it. <laughs> He's been keeping up with it, so he knows about what happened in this past episode. He's like, "Ill no." Uh, I heard because I I'm in the review and editing chat, and the guy who's reviewing it for Full Circle Cinema, he's like, "I don't watch it. Like, no, not worth it." But I pick a lot of the stuff, so Matt has to get to pick some stuff. But so. you have to remember with Halo, Brian has played Halo from mm -hmm. the very first iteration. Matt has too. So I'm curious. And the whole thing, because he watched the first episode, that threw him off. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's, there's a good story there. You know, as I'm very well aware of a lot of stuff that happened in the game. And I'm like, get over yourself. Just watch it because it's just, 
you you can't go off the game itself. You've got to add yeah. some elements to right. it. It's mm-hmm. called an adaptation. Exactly. For a reason. <laughs> Not a remake. So yeah. or a remake, I guess, would do the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm it's tired. I'm tired. I think you'll enjoy it when you check it out. It is really a good show. It's, but it's uh, cool. but I, cool. I want to hear yeah. your thoughts when you do. But hey, seriously. Ghost in the Darkness. I know I give you a lot of silly movies to watch a lot of times, but that is one that you'll like. You'll sit down and you'll be like, "Okay, that's a damn good movie, right it there." It is on my post. It, it is on my post-it note of doom. And that was like Val Kilmer made the Prime, list. right there, like Val Kilmer Prime at that moment. So how long? How long has Top Gun been on your list? I, I've <laughs> seen Top Gun. I, I've watched a lot of Top Gun because I grew up with that movie. So okay, but you still haven't seen Coneheads. Oh. <gasps> My mom would not what? let my dad show us Coneheads. Oh, why? We should so. definitely. Ah! Super Civil Servants Ross. is going to do a review on Coneheads. You got to join us. Okay. Like it's Ross, now. I was homeschooled and grew up in a very conservative Christian home where I watched movies that my parents picked out for us and Veggie Tales and maybe a little bit of Kim Possible <laughs> until I was probably 12 years old. But there's nothing wrong with yeah, Coneheads. Yeah, get a Patreon of <laughs> oh. Twilight. That's really fun. <laughs> it was a different time. You're right. I don't think there's anything wrong with it either. But they, I mean, they do use condoms for chewing gum. You know, Sarah. That's like that. not. A what else are you supposed to use? Like film <laughs> but no, seriously, we'll we'll do that. We'll plan a Coneheads review sometime. And because uh, oh, the all's reaction whenever I said that was like, oh, okay, we definitely got to watch that because that is one of my all time favorite movies right now. Yeah, I've probably oh, seen that movie oh, with you like. A dozen times easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. But all right. Well, all right, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bye, y'all. Love you. See you later, babe. All right, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I, I watched both the episodes today. I watched the Halo episode today, and I watched the, uh, the Star Trek episode today. And holy shit, what a day of viewing. Both episodes were fantastic okay. for me. Which Stranger one? Stranger Worlds. I think I remember because I remember my phone hit me twice because I texted off because it was getting late. Like, oh, I was okay. late last night. Not because it was boring, because it was getting late. I got no, you. because it was just like, oh, oh god. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anyways, but I think I got the gist of it, so if we can talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay. Well, which one do y'all want to tackle first? Might as well just do that one first. Do that one. Yeah, okay, let's well, just go ahead and knock that way because Halo. Oh yeah. Well, look, y'all said this was going to be more episodic, like mm-hmm. ne- the whatever happened last week, not necessarily having to do with anything this week. And you definitely see that in the second episode because it really doesn't have much to do with last week at all. Besides the, I think the main storyline running through is is uh, Pike right. and his tenure mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That That's the only real main thread running through the storyline. And I was actually mm-hmm. looking up some stuff on it. Do y'all know the first episode actually broke uh, Rotten Tomatoes record? It was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? And then, one editor gave it a two out of four and it dropped it in 98. So out of one <laughs> editor dude. out of everybody. Yeah. That, that's what this article was basically saying was screw that guy. But like I, asshole. They already got one. Yeah. Well, you were talking about star dates earlier. The last episode ended on star date 2259.42. This episode started on, on star date 2912.4. So I, uh, quick math. I don't know what, how long star date is. That's 700 star dates. So there's some. I'm assuming there's time between these, the first episode and the second episode. I'm, I'm sure there's probably, you know, if, if you think about it, next generation. Yeah, I mean, do you literally think it's like the next day? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, there's gonna be because it's like I I never really like got into the star dates to try to figure out it was like okay what is it like technically like time because I'm like I'm just gonna uh, take it as it is. Actually, I will tell you because I do know thirty six um, hours is what their operating day is. Okay. And I know that from Next Generation because they said that they found it more um, better for the like being in space and occupying like your day and night schedule for it to be just a like, a, like a typical 24 hours. Like, you know, you got like the sun rising from yeah. the sun setting and that kind of thing. So yeah, they call it 36 hours. I don't know. I, that's a weird thing that stuck with me from years ago. I don't know mm-hmm. why. So I wonder if in star date, like each number is a, a date or an hour, because that would be 700 days 36 hours a day that'd be a long time between two episodes maybe it means just hours i mean if a if one star date yeah i don't know what the i don't know what the time is there i just know what the operating time is for like a starfleet officer person well and then one other interesting fact about time i found was the comet on this episode was designated c-2260 which identifies a non-periodic comet discovered in 2260 indicating they're in year 2260 in this series. So they caught it a year, a year for it. That's crazy. Nice. Yeah, I would have never known that if I wouldn't. No, when you say non-periodic, do you mean element-based or time-based? I would think time-based. I'm not sure. I, I'm okay. sure it says identifies a non-periodic comic discovered in 2260. So I'm assuming that the name is just the year of time that it was coming Okay, out. just a Wikipedia. So it's like... The original method was inspired by the Julian date. Yep. So I guess it just kind of like just went off on that. Okay. So. Hmm. I don't know. And for right. those who listen who don't know what the Julian date is, it's literally just the day of the year. Yeah, because I literally like in my line of work, when we do um, bundle codes, like on our, our product, we, it's, we bundle our product, so we actually have date or we're kind of like bundle codes. And like the last three digits are literally from like the Julian calendar. So mm-hmm. on our calendars that we print out every year, it has that number, which is, you know, basically you start from like January 1st and you count all the way down. Yep. All like the way to like December 31st like is like okay. 365 or whatever. We had to do that for our uh, aircraft forms. Yeah. Hmm. So, so it was always like right now it would be 16 and then whatever day it is. Okay. That's interesting. Well, right, well let's break down this episode. Um, like I said, I, th- I thought it was really cool. When, you, when y'all were talking about it being episodic, I was wondering how, like, how good can you make the characters if you're going to have a new villain every week, you know? I grew up on stuff like Power Rangers, stuff like that, where it's a new villain every week. But I'm wondering, like, as an adult, how I'm going to like that. And I would say with this episode especially, there was enough description and, and, and time with the quote-unquote villain and story. I thought it all worked. You know, I, yeah. I kind of like the way that they did it. Um, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fate guy, you know. Uh, but, I, but the way they played it off in this episode was pretty cool. And they're really leaning towards the whole creating your own fate because like i said the backline story is kirk with this or not kirk uh pike with this 10 years and i wonder to myself like if you know that in 10 years this is gonna why don't you just retire in nine and a half 
you know, like nah, nine and a half years, I'm going to retire. But but they do kind of touch on that in this episode because he's kind of bringing up the, he has the moral question of I know the names of the people I save at this date that I die. I can change that. Or I and I can let these people die. So I guess he's he's, he's battling with that in his own head about, yeah, you well, can change that, but you yeah. save these people, you know, like if you change that, you give up saving these people. Maybe it depends. I mean, how do you, but how you got to think like at any point in time where you're, you're given a metaphorical fork in the road, you have to play that, that game of like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Like, and if I take each path, like, where's it going to lead me? And with him and knowing the people and like, I disagree with you. I mean, like if it were me, like I'd retire 10 years early, but (laughs) I think the whole point is that he is choosing service over self to continue to keep doing something good because I think you kind of know that you're bulletproof for 10 years if you know how you're going to die. Yeah. Right. So you can just go and, and literally, you know, point blasters at whoever and (laughs) you're not going to kill me because I know how I die. So I, but that raises the other question. And if you try to, help the people that you know you're going to save and try to change their course of action at that point in time, then does it work on the other side of the fence too? Right. Do you, if you play the odds too often, are they going to catch up with you and you die in year two instead of year 10? Right. So. Well, and see, and this is a different timeline, right? So like, cause I, I, like, I don't know Pike from the original series, but I know that in the movies he dies in the second movie, you know, at that attack. So I guess Kirk he could not, always he took could, over from Pike. Okay. Always. So that, that's a constant, but I mean, as far as his death goes, that's just, we're in a different timeline. He dies a different way type thing is what it looks like, which I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm trying to think, um, I did like, uh, the interaction with Spock, Spock's, um, pep talk. Like the first one was kind of shitty as it would, you would expect it to be. But the second one, I think that he was actually trying to give that he, I don't even think he was trying to give a pep talk was just actually speaking from the heart was a really good pep talk. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the harmonics they use in this, where they figure out the music. It was it was a little fantastical with the yeah, on the nose, on the nose. Yeah, it was a little fantastical with the whole. Like I said, this well, I can't. I wrote it down. Uh, Mahonite was the name of the asteroid. Uh, Mahonite. Yeah, Mahonite. Mahonite. Yeah, was the name of the asteroid, and it brings life to planets. And I was like, okay, I mean. That's getting a little off science and a little more onto, uh, you know, magic, I guess. I mean, it's on science. If you bang something, you're going to create life. That's true. That's true. Science does dictate that. I do think that the more on the nose part was the Kenya song from Earth with, you know, I mean, like it being an African-American actor, like how... Or I'm not even sure she was American, but how, how, do, like, why? Like, they're, they, they hold on to the Earth culture references, just like they always have in Star Trek, but it felt like this episode, like, they did, like, four or five of them. Like, that's an Earth song, that's an old Earth song, or that's a Kenya song, or blah, blah, blah. I, I will say they at least laid a seed for that in the last episode in the first episode where he, cause he does mention his yeah. time in Kenya in the last episode. And then he gets to the dinner party in this one, which was fun by the way, the, the whole prank of the dinner party, but he yeah. gets to dinner party. This one and he finds that she's Kenya. just like, okay, there's the connective tissue with that. And I actually kind of like that. They laid this, not that you had to, he could have 
gone to Kenya and I didn't know about it. And they could have said that and I would have been fine. But it was cool that you saw him lay at sea because I was kind of wondering that in the first episode why you even mentioned that. Now you get a little payoff for that. That's uh, but how I, the episodic thing works here is that it yeah. pays off because they they little they just leave crumbs from certain episodes and then start mm-hmm. pulling them all back together. Yep. yep. Uh, I thought that was cool. The prank that they pulled on her where she told her, yeah. put her you know, getting her in her best dress and the dinner party. And uh, and I kind of like that the whole dinner party thing where he's with his closest you know, crew members, everybody's on the, the, the deck with him and he's basically getting to know you. He's learning about you, which is what you should do. If you have these people's lives in your hands is know these people. So I like that. And once again, you, you Ross, you mentioned last week, the, the actor they have to play Pike is spot on. And yeah, I like him. Like he does, he does. I don't know Pike's attitude or manners beforehand, but I like this guy in this role. He does a good job. Yeah, he's much better with, um, I think traditionally Pike is more by the book, knows the codes, regulations, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And even though he is willing to, you know, do something risky, I think that in this show, they kind of gave him more risk because of the timeline that he's coming from, because right. of the, the events that put him in where he's at now. Mm-hmm. He's able to be a little bit crazier. Yeah. Well, that knowing that, like you said, you got. Ten, a 10 year insurance plan right there. You know, you, you can take risks. So, yeah. Well, so, so what did you catch of it that you, before you fell asleep? Like, what was the last thing you remember about it, Sarah? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> I think I got the gist of it is it was basically just the whole, so the her with her storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, with them trying to figure out like going on the, the comet and, you know, it's just like, okay, well you want it. You want to you know, linguistics. If you want to learn alien linguistics, Hey, this is where you are. Mm-hmm. So I think I got the, the like the gist of it. It was, okay. it was just really interesting from what I know of Uhura, whether it's from the original series or whether it's from the Kelvin timeline this iteration is really interesting because it's like, okay, they're trying to flesh her out a little bit more than what you, you knew she was like linguistics wise. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really curious. It's like taking like these, I guess, OG characters (laughs) and just kind of like giving you a different, I mean, Spock is Spock. I mean, he, I don't see how you can like differentiate Spock other like from the first episode where you're like, Oh, Spock, this is the storyline. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, they're trying to give you like Spock Specker before. (laughs) Yeah. So it's trying to give you like different iterations. So it's to me, I think with like, like I told you with strange new worlds, it's going to take me a couple of episodes before I could really Really get into it. Give a good, thought on it honestly okay. okay because i mean you have, you have to think about it because you're taking from the original series so you're going full you know like previous to you know kirk and spock and what you know of uhura and i'm just curious about like what other characters they might throw into it yeah well i'm i, I think that they're definitely trying to play the your horror game as a makeup session from you know, like original series years, you know, where she got basically stepped on for being the female African-American actress. 
And because you notice now it's a predominantly female crew mm-hmm. that keeps Spock because he's eccentric. Like he, he's, he's part of the core of the enterprise crew that keep mm-hmm. you, you know, give you Pike. But I mean, like you really think about how many other people are on that bridge and they're mostly female. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that until you just said it. But yeah, you're right. And like number one, I mean, because you got number yeah. one, you've got Uhura, you've got, you know, like the, the pilot. I can't remember the, her name. Like the two chicks that are like up there, like yeah, the navigator and the pilot. Yeah. But you have, uh, you know, Uhura isn't even a, uh, she's still a cadet. Mm-hmm. This you is know, like what's... super, like, super yeah. early. Yeah. <laughs> so what I think they're really trying to do is really show you that they can do something with her character given the time and space and, you know, the, the adequate story, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, uh, the part that I was not questioning, but just confused about was they replaced her with like a Lieutenant. Mm -hmm. So the cadet sits on the bridge and because she's that good, if you're that good, then why are you a cadet? That's a good point. But then also with her story, you know, she was saying, well, I wasn't really like, gunning for star fleet because you know her her background saying that yeah. you know because you know lost my parents and yeah. this and like my grandmother you know she was doing this so i'm kind of hot so i thought it was like really poignant when you know spock made the statement that if you're not all in now i'm paraphrasing obviously mm-hmm. but if you're not all in get out. step aside and let someone that has been really working for this let them do it he's not wrong Absolutely. He's not wrong by saying that Absolutely. at all. You know, it, it's like that with any aspect, like anybody who's in a job or anything like that. It's the same way. If, if you're not like, let somebody who wants to do it, do it. Like if it's that big of a deal, but, but you know, it, it's given her that development. It's, 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 you knew that when they go into with that in this episode that, okay, this is going to be the episode where you start to see, give her reason to believe why she should be doing it. And of course, you know, she's going to, because mm-hmm. it's horror, you know, you see, see in the future. Um, I don't know. Like, my only experience with that character is, is Zoe Zaldana from before. So, of course, uh-huh. this actress does a great job, and I have no problem with this actress, but of course I prefer Zoe Zaldana, you know, as that character. Um, well, Nichelle Nichols, I mean, she was pretty much along the lines of, you know, Zoe Zaldana, too, because, I mean, this I'm just not familiar with it. This is the thing. This, I'm sure she did great, yeah. This, but, you know, like, tall, lean, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and not quite as... I don't think ethnic. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's not, but it was just, it's just a different, it's just a different iteration. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying anything different against the actress or whatnot, but, you know, it's, it's like you have, like you said, Michelle Nichols. The time of filming. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, because it's just. of the date of age. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from it, but it's just like from what you're used to of, you know, seeing Uhura. It's like, so you have this one, like the original series, then you have this one that's like of the Kelvin timeline, and now you're throwing another one that's of Strangers in Worlds. It's like, you know, the, the kind of like the the face you have in your mindset is, is changing, and that's the thing right. about it. So that's, it's, and sometimes it's difficult to kind of follow that character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what did you guys think about the alien species and the whole comet story as a plot? I liked it. 
Yeah. Like I said, it, it worked for me. It's something that I knew nothing about. They introduced it to me completely in this series, in this episode, and they wrapped it up nicely. Like the whole story worked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually leads to one of the only last two notes that I have here. Um, it, it is uh, with the shepherds. You know, they were talking to him, and they basically said, Pike basically said to him, he's like, we don't interfere with lives of planets that are not but we also don't let them die. Mm-hmm. And then the shepherds are like, well, that's interfering. And yet technically he's right. Like that, that you say you don't interfere, but that means even if they're destined to die, that you're mm-hmm. interfering if you stop that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, what are you doing? You're, you're kind of just playing God and doing whatever you really want to do. It's the Superman complex. Mm-hmm. If you can, should you? Yeah. And so it, 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 it isn't a matter of, stopping fate as much as it is if you have the power should you have the will to go with that power yeah and if you can do it without like especially to such a like imagine us fuck even 30 years ago i I mean still to this day we sit here and talk about ufo videos and everything else not understanding like what's going on but like if someone else is out there trying to make sure that we stay alive of course we're grateful Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like to continue existence, of course that species is grateful. So you're like, you're right, and that brings up that that constant conundrum. Like, do you have that conversation with the species, or do you just play God? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just something that they said, and I was like, well, I mean, he raises a really good point. But you know, obviously from Picard, you can tell that butterflies and and changing futures and everything else is not really. <laughs> it's it's not. Uh, what was it? directive one or prime directive one or mm-hmm. yeah so uh, like it's, it's not uh, their thing but or they say it is but it's not oh god geo one whatever they call that government order good uh anyway yeah general order one or something no i guess general, general order ones in the real army but um no that's what they call it though i thought they called it too? okay yeah before they uh, call it the prime directive the only other note I have is there's the one scene, okay, there's that they get uh, energized to the comet, right? And they have these spacesuits on. And like for some reason, the men's spacesuits are blue and the women's are red. It would have been so much cooler if they all had different colors. It would have been like a damn Power Ranger scene walking out. I wanted a pink and a yellow and a red and a blue. It would look so awesome. You only well, got like three or four colors. Yeah. But yeah, was it for rank? I mean, not rank, but like no, for field. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I guess was there, it's just I just noticed that both the females are red and both the males are blue, and I was like, maybe it's just size. You know, well, here's the know. thing: colors in Star Trek are always the same, but the meanings behind those colors change. Red, yellow, blue. That's right. the part that always screws with me. Yeah, because it's like red is like engineering and this, and then like blue is like science and this, and then a lot of times like white is mostly with medical, but blue is also medical, and then. You talk about well, like blue gold, is science, like, blue is science, which is red is the man, and and gold is like um, engineering. But see that flops. Well, security. I'll, I'll the golden red. Doesn't Pike wear a gold uniform though? The golden red flop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between different shows. Hmm. That's weird. Interesting. Okay. But yes, that was all the notes I had for it. I mean, you know, it's it's more difficult it's some some main points like like plot points in this in like this episodic ep series because when you're following it through a main storyline like something like halo like a lot of the plot points are stretched out 
to me, you know, with this, like I said, it's a more contained story. Like what I see next week may only have like one or two little references from last week. So the plot is a lot different to, to, to lay out and analyze like that. But that's why every single time I take notes, I always keep the notes until at least the very end, because if I have to go back, I need to know what it is I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But yeah, that was all I, uh, all I really had for that. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, Sarah, I hope that, that it catches you and, and you, you, well, really that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but like I said, I, it's, since it's, it's episodic, it's really inter- it's really difficult to really. It's a change, yeah. Yeah, Big and change. I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. I mean, it's Star Trek. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say anything to the negative. Obviously, it just hasn't blown you away yet. You you just haven't gotten used to. The, but it's only episode two. You'll see well, it pieced together by five or seven. Yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, I wouldn't say that. It's it's just it's difficult to you know since it is episodic. It's like just taking. You know, like if you start next generation, I mean, what would be your, you know, thoughts within like the first two or three episodes? Right. Yeah, I get that. So I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like it. I'm I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with like the the characters. You know, because mm-hmm. like I said, you've already seen, you know, Pike. I know who Pike is. You know, I know who Spock is. Now, now you introduced Harura. Um. Now you're talking about Kirk, which is you know, um, our Kirk's like brother. So, and I, I think you're going to like actually meet Kirk the end, end of this season, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm just, I'm just really curious to see how it's, I just want to see how it evolves. Let's put it that way. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I like Pike. I think it's fantastic. Now, number one, I'm still in the fence about her because I still feel like she's kind of like a wooden character. Yeah, I don't really always get that with her though. Rebecca yeah. Romaine always gives me that. Even feeling. her as um, Mystique, Mystique, I'm like, yeah. mm, you you know, loosen up a little bit, lady. I mean, it's just yeah, you're a bunch <laughs> I think of. She's like the only one that's really kind of throwing me off now. I didn't even realize Peck that was Rebecca as, Romaine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Now, Ethan Peck as Spock, I love him. I think he's fantastic. I mean, he's like, he's the grandson of Gregory Peck, which I think he's, I, I remember watching the Horatio Homeboer. Yeah, I'm like, Gregory Peck was like, oh my God, he was like just the elite of Hollywood. So now seeing his grandson, because I'm like, he reminds me of somebody. So when I saw who he was, I was like, son of a bitch. Even after like two generations, I'm like, Damn, that's pretty strong. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm used to him being kind of like like with the beard and, you know, the kind of thing from right. Discovery. So, it's really interesting. But, you know, with Spock, I mean, there's not too much that you can, you know, go wrong with that. Right. But, um, well, I think what you're saying there is is probably my biggest question, too, is, is how it's going to play out. Because now I know I have my... Star Trek knowledge is a little bit better, and now we know there's this ten years thing. It's going to be kind of a backline story. If you go two or three seasons with this show, does it expand that entire ten years by season two? Is Pike gone, and do we get Kirk? And if that's the case, is it ten years between the season one, and season two? Like, I'm wondering how the timeline's going to work. You know? Yeah. Um. So, like I said, if it's four seasons, do we get ten years spread out of four seasons? At the end of it, it's Kirk's the moment where he either dies or does something different and not die. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I guess well, see, that's also all... interesting too, because if you ever watch like the original yeah. series, it's like you you do see Pike's Endgame. If that makes any sense. Okay. 
So now I'm just, like I said, it's curious since you're taking like a new iteration of it where you're starting from here instead of here to see how that goes. I mean, there, there's still a storyline between the two. Yeah. Okay. So I don't see the show going past three seasons. And I only say that because I think that it's definitely a good start. And as much as it is, mm-hmm. what is this? Is Discovery on its fourth season? I think so. I, yeah. So, as much as like Discovery was new, and, and this does tell like a, a original series story, mm-hmm. I just don't know if they would keep carrying it. I feel like Discovery kind of got the. They were able to tell a big enough story to give it more time, to give it another season, to tell mm-hmm. a new story. And I feel like this one, you're not going to get Kirk. And if you do, you, I mean, like, you, you're going to get Kirk, but you're not going to get him in any serious role until we reach, I say serious, but you're not going to see him get anywhere near being captain until we get to the end of this show, right. if they do it. And I just don't know if I can see it going for a real long run. I'm not sure that you can have, and not because of Pike dying, just because I don't think you can do it for a story. Right. I get that. Well, time will tell. And I guess it's based on probably how successful it is. And based on the first two episodes of this, it's really, really successful so far amongst the people. People are liking it. We will find out. Well, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to Halo then. Um, Penultimate this week, correct? That's it. Really, really exciting. I know I hadn't watched it, and today Sarah texted in the chat, like, you know, can't wait to talk about Halo. And I was like, okay, cool. That means either something really big happened, there's a good episode. This episode blew me away. Like, I would say the last, like, 20 minutes of this episode, every single scene, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happens next? What are they going to do next? What's going on here? Like, it kept me guessing, and so much happened in the last 20 minutes. It completely turned everything on the Halo upside down. So I loved it, loved it, loved it. I got done watching the episode. It's the best episode of this show I've seen so far was this episode. was It's, to this point, should be. It's the penultimate, you know? Uh Uh-oh. Sarah's not shaking her head. Maybe she's not agreeing with me. I loved this episode. There there are some things that, decisions they made that I'm not, you know, I don't know how they came to this point. But I don't know, maybe for me, because I, I, I said before that I thought that Mackie was going Mackie was going to end up wanting to be human again. And I don't care which day. And she was in this episode until all this shit happened. She mm-hmm. was totally on the side of being human again. And that's you the know, story. Right. You know what's going to happen. I, I, I just thought it was cool the way they did that. So, Sarah, you had some some looks when I was saying that. I take it you don't feel the same way. You didn't love this episode as much. I'm not saying I didn't, but there were like some cringy ass shit in this because I'm like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, I'll agree with you on some of that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, but then again, I'm like, are we automatically supposed to assume some shit has happened that we haven't seen? It did feel like there should have been time between the last episode and this one. Because uh, it's like, you know, yeah, the episode yeah. before the last one, and then you like you had the previous episode that had absolutely nothing to do with Master Chief. Mm-hmm. So that was like it kind of took an episode unto itself. It just took a slice into itself. Then you go jump into this, and I'm thinking, did I miss something? Did I think like one time they 
touching the artifact like oh my god we're freaking soulmates that that was that was the part that I was saying. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the the romantic part between those two was weird. That was some cringy ass shit. I don't. I mean, I think I they had to do it to give them that bond and that connection, though. The like, connection, like, yeah. But but I don't I don't think it, it's it romance as much as it is. I mean, like, yeah, I know what they did, but I don't think it's like <laughs> it was geared towards a romantic like, connection. It was just like a connection unto itself. Yeah, you're you're taking two like capital V virgins here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, you're he, right. Thank you. He had yes. the pill in him, and she came from like a, a totally different world. So I mean, like it was completely different. I think the one the the one um, scene where I was like, I completely feel that was that one soldier. I'm like. Who the fuck is this guy? Because he needs to calm the fuck down. I can understand his mindset, though. If if a bunch of your friends just got killed by these guys who came down and then she just appeared, I could I could somewhat understand his mindset. Yeah, but still, I mean, there's there still has to be some you got to pull your shit back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you definitely do your job. Yeah. I mean, and I get, and I'm still trying to figure out, like, you know, with Miranda, with what she's, you know, her place in this whole insanity with Halsey, and who's the um her her husband? That's like the other Jacob. fella. Yeah. So, Jacob. like, between these two, because you know they're fighting each other, and then you got Miranda stuck in the center, and she's been given, you know, this, you know, trying to deal with the linguistics. You know, feeling, figuring all this out. She's like, "Oh my God, that's her voice." I'm like, "Yeah," but then automatically, like I said, it's human nature mm-hmm. to attack anything that you feel like that's a threat. Mm-hmm. But then again, with McKee talking with Master Chief, well, I don't even consider him Master Chief at that point. That's John, right? That's not yeah, Master. I can Chief. get that. Because I think once John and John is down to clown. Yeah, because once he popped that little capsule out of his spine, I think he stopped being Master Chief. Honestly, yeah. Well, I'm no longer a number. Yeah, no, no, I I I totally agree with you. He started feeling emotion. Yeah, and and stuff that he didn't have before. It's the same thing with Kai. You know, with um, you know, the two that took her out. I'm thinking, damn it. That chick is still strong as hell, too. I don't think I want to, you know, fight her. She is a bruiser. I mean, like, I thought, like, the the, the weightlifting scene was fun. <laughs> but then you turn around, and, like, when you see her uh, cuffed to that concrete thing, I'm like, oh, she is straight up breaking that. Just wait. Yeah. And, of course, she breaks it. But, dude, those two shots she took to the face. Holy crap, oh, man. Yeah. I, thought they like twice like that. I thought they did, too. I was like, holy crap, they just killed off Kai. I was like, damn. I, that's I can totally understand how you can make a Spartan more powerful. I don't understand how you make them less weak. If you get what I'm saying, like anyone that takes like punches in the face, like you're going to get some sort of like brain trauma, right? I would think so. Yeah. How do you, you can't prevent that. You can teach someone to hit harder. You can't teach the brain to, you know, hair back. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I don't know. I I just thought that whole the whole like third act 
Like it was just so cool how everything played out, you know. And and like you know, we'd mentioned before that Ross, you said you didn't think it was romantic between him and the the make the McKee. 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 And they they even mentioned Cortana even says, uh, you know, for the first time he doesn't feel alone in the universe. And I'm sure she was feeling the same way. And that was that connection they had. Yeah, just but Cortana everything. was kind of like she was kind of yeah, she was, she was uncomfortable. She's a voyeur. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, I'm in she, your like, ears. I'm feeling. She was uncomfortable. Oh. She wasn't turning away. I'll tell you that. She was well, making I, herself she's watch got, it. She's got a vested interest in Master Chief or John or whomever. Because I mean, she's attached to him, so it's like she experiences what he experiences. Mm -hmm. So, but for her God. to like basically take his side versus Halsey's side, I'm like. Well, and, you know, speaking of Halsey, you know, y'all were right. Halsey is definitely the villain. Like, you are literally at a point where this war can end right now. You're on the brink of this war ending right effing now. And you choose not to. Like, that's effing crazy, man. Like, this this woman is nuts. And she even says it in here, I will give up anything for it. You know, it's like, wow. You've already sacrificed your marriage. Mm -hmm. You sacrifice a relationship with your one and only child. Mm -hmm. You know, you're literally your career. I'm like, what is there left? Yeah, I, I, I just couldn't believe. Like, I, I kind of figured Halsey was going to be bad at the end. But now it's like she's just like full on evil. She's like desperate. Like she's almost worse than the Covenant is. Yeah. Causing more damage, you know. Well, you know, science is a hell of a drug. Yes. Well, and then speaking of the covenant, he's just like even when McKee asked um, John, "Okay, well, okay, you get you get the halo, you you take out the covenant, then what?" Oh, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. I mean, that would have the been the only kind of answer. That <laughs> I mean, it's the only real answer you have. You know, like like what's next after that? You know, but I think that was the flip side. That was him. That was her seeing the flip side of the coin from him because, like, you just heard Halsey talk about how humans couldn't be trusted with it. Now he's saying the covenant can't be trusted with it. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, who can? Yeah. What about when she, like, pulled her? Because, you know, she had, like, oh, my thing. goodness. Yeah. And I thought she had him on all her fingers. No, she had no, I thought had it was that... just the one. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, I dude, it was she snatched that thing out. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. It's like teeth and nails. I can't touch those. <laughs> Although Ooh. I would like to have one of those, that oh, was a for pretty sure. Cool ass. Well, and then you know the way she was like putting her hand across his throat because you know oh. he's he's like so vulnerable. You know, just laying there like oh, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, dude, you just got, maybe the first time you got it off. I don't know. I don't because know. <laughs> oh my god, and I think that's one of the reasons. Like, I don't want to see this because it's like you know, like first times. I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> this is like cringy. <laughs> And that's what I mean, like, like the the whole that that part of the story, while it made sense to be in there to show that connection, did seem a little. It was very. I don't feel like they did like that down that road. Where do you I get this luxurious room with it with the bed and the you know all that stuff in it? Like, why I mean, are y'all both like staying in there? His room just randomly. It's like I, right. I, I'm just gonna stay. It's like that was where I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't. But but I, I get it for the story. It's just like that was the one thing that I was like, I don't really understand this. But it was basically everything after that for me was just amazing because like the end after that sex scene the little brown chicken brown cow with the two super virgins <laughs> it gets into the third act and the third act is where everything comes into place and it's just crazy how I, I feel like from where you were at in the beginning of this episode you're in a completely different spot at the end of it but it, it just I, I didn't feel that though because I'm like I just feel like there was there should have been more between 
here in that point to where I, I felt like, you know, with her, you know, ripping off the fingernail with whatever the hell it was, because to me, that was kind of her, you know, disconnecting, disconnecting from the covenant at that point in time. But I'm like, dude, lady, that's got to be more than just that, because it's, it's going to take more than just that just to make me change my whole thought process on something I've been indoctrinated with ever since I was like a child. You're right, but I think they do a good job. They they've kind of hinted at it a little bit in in the last like two or three episodes, where you can see her kind of being. Well, I guess she's only been two in this like this. You can kind of see her amazement at what she's seeing. Imagine you've had your whole you've been you enjoyed your life as a child and you remember these childhood stories. Then you're ripped from that childhood, and your entire life growing up, you're taught that that childhood you had was evil. Then the one time you get to actually see this, you realize. Oh, it's not that bad. It's just like I read in the books, and wow, these people are like me, blah blah. I I could see her. Especially if John did his job right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's so. what I'm saying. It's like, do you got to rock a world one night in order for it to like? I mean, hit her over the head with it. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's just that's just too much for me to. Well, they say the first cut's the <laughs> deepest. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, but but I, I get what you're saying. It it was a little rushed, but I but I can see. I mean. Maybe they should have cut out that whole Quan story in the last episode and just expanded this one into two. They could have. They could have told an A and B story for two episodes, and left you a cliffhanger on both of those stories mm-hmm. in the last episode to turn around in this one bring together, yeah. to bring them together to where they need to be for episode nine for the finale. That's a fair point. I think that you get enough of the. Halsey trying to scheme in episode six mm-hmm. for it to carry over and tell just enough of a story to get them to the point. If you would have cliff hung on the lovemaking scene in the last episode on, on the reach side and not the, uh, what's the other planet called from where Quan's from magical. Yeah. Magical. If you would have cliff hung there <laughs> And then, you know, like her ripping the fingernail off or whatever the case may be, and then steamroll into the other side of the plot to where it's like, oh, no, these are people, the, the people are evil. Humans are evil. Mm-hmm. That would have transitioned perfectly. I don't know how you would have done it with Quan. I guess you would have left her well, pinned see, down. And but then that have, character, for me, I'm like, what value are you giving to the story? I'm well, still I mean, not that's, there. It's yet to be seen. And that's why I think that this show was renewed automatically for the second season, sight unseen by the public. Because, damn it, I'm going to see the real deal Halo come next episode. I'm still questioning what the actual Halo is. I'm going to fight somebody because I'm like, because it's like you're you're seeing this in. Yes and no. I mean, it's not going to break the show for me. The show has been good enough that no matter what, I want to watch the second season. Uh, and, and I'm still uh, extremely happy with this penultimate. So, like, I'm, I'm, you know, on cloud nine with this thing right now. But, but I get what you're saying. You have some expectations of this that you want to see. So, well, it's like, I, I love the battle scenes. I, mm. I love that because obviously it's given a homage to, you know, the game. Mm. But when you're at, you know, hey, I, I've I've seen a lot of shit, but for me yeah. to see that particular scene, I'm like, this is cringy as shit. Because I'm like, what the fuck are y'all trying to? You, you're like fast forwarding, and, and I don't. 
it's like you're fast forwarding and there's nothing to fast forward. Right. So because what's more cringy, the Tom, the Top Gun brown chicken brown cow or this, the Halo brown chicken? The brown Halo. Cow? Yeah. At least the, the Top Gun is more organic. This one, it, oh, it just felt weird. I'm just like, there's, because I don't know, it's. They touch tips for the first time since they realized they had tips to touch. I mean, like, it's literally. It's like, it's, it's like you're trying to fast forward a relationship where it's like, okay, if you're supposed to be so in sync with with each other, I, I don't well, feel like I don't feel like that would have been the best. Like situation to fast forward. If that I, makes I can only argue the one fact that both of them came from a zero past. I get and that. then not I only that. that they turned around and found each other in this mystical realm that no one else in life has. Yeah, but have you got the scrub to get to that point? I mean, seriously. I mean, people I have mean, one night stands all the time. Yeah, but this this is beyond mm. this this is supposed to let you know it's beyond a one night stand. It's like you yeah, I mean, your I've other seen, half. Yeah. Okay. I whatever. mean, no, I I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. It it's not. It it doesn't seem nearly as organic. I mean, especially and I think I think where they messed up is where they started calling it her is his girlfriend. You know, and I, maybe well, that was just a joke honestly. Said, that's the thing I like, thought about too. I was like, "Ooh, Master Chief got a girlfriend." And then they're like, "Oh, his girlfriend." I'm like, "Oh, seriously?" I'm like, yeah, that, that I was, was kind of like being. I was like, they just hooked up. Everybody's not going to know that they're, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. So, um, yeah, I, was, I thought that was that was kind of, yeah. So right. I mean, as, I feel like they probably could have like elevated the relationship without having to go to that point. Right. Yeah, because they kind of did that, like in the beginning. Right, they started with him taking her out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it took for them to go and and. That's what I'm saying. Is that all it took? Yeah. Because just a, you know, like what was the the general? She's like, oh, you're just gonna just stroll through the park and everything's just like upset. I mean, <laughs> fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry blossoms, bro. Trying trying to smash. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I. I it's know, fair argument. If maybe if there was more time that had passed to where maybe mm-hmm. you had more like touchy touchy where you were on the halo or whatever the hell's going on, whatever, you know, they mystical shit, whatever they're trying to figure out. But I'm like, oh, so it takes the fact of you getting physical in that aspect to like really like just, you know, pop cherry, so to speak. Yeah. Mind floating on endorphins, you know? Well, but, things I mean, that didn't take too long to happen. As soon as Halsey said Zed Protocol, fucking Riz and Vanity. It's like Order 66, dude. Line. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Order 66. Order 66. Mm-hmm. That's the I exact mean, same they, thing I thought. Yes. I was just amazed because, like, how do you do that with human conditioning and programming? Like, it's it's amazing. But my question is, what the hell have they done to the Spartans? I mean, you look at. John, Master Chief, and he's got all these scars. I'm like, what in the hell did you do to this guy? Yeah, I mean, that, especially with Mark VI Milliner armor, I feel like that's what I'm saying. Because if you look at Kai and you know, you know, the other two, was it Vanek? Riz and Vanek. Yeah, I'm like, what? What kind of scars do they have? Well, you got to remember they're they're battle tested, and this is this is something that he has that Mark VI Milliner armor or whatever now. But maybe he didn't 
throughout the whole process of him training, and those are just battle scars. Those, running, no, you know? no, no, well, dude, those are not battle scars. Those are too precise to be battle scars. True. Look at Soren. They were symmetrical, yeah. Soren not only had the same type of armor, but it grew with him. Yeah. <laughs> and but his arm, you know, got totally screwed up during training. You know, because I mean, definitely they weren't, you know, kid combatants at that point. They were still in training. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how. I mean, I, I totally get, like, if, I mean, if you get blasted wide open by something, then, yeah, you need a good scar to get in there and actually repair. However, I do feel like that if you can program people at that point, you have some pretty good stuff that can, you know, uh, seam seal all those scars pretty well. But think about the opening sequence. It shows those scars. Yeah. That is precise. That is, that's not... They did something to that dude. They did something to all those Spartans. Yeah. They conditioned because think about how scrawny of a kid he was. And now he's like, I mean, I know it's an actor. I, I get that. But it's still the thought process of, you know, like even Halsey said, he's like, it wasn't strongest, wasn't the fastest. But he became Master Chief to where he was the strongest. He was the fastest. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell did you do to this guy? You're already implanting him with or implanting the Spartans with. Pump you up. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, here you are. You've got, you know, Master Chief and Kai. They've already popped out their capsules. I'm like, what the hell else is in their bodies? Yeah. I mean, also implanted Master Chief with freaking um, Cortana. That shit's still crazy to me. It's like cracking an egg and, like, just feeding it to you. I mean, that's nuts. (laughs) And, And how about Cortana, too? Like, making the decision on this one to do the right thing. And... I guess we find out that the entire plan all along was for her basically mm-hmm. to inhibit his body mm-hmm. and her be Master Chief. I was like, wow, that's it's like to take up interesting. His, his consciousness. Yeah. yeah, I got that feeling from the beginning as soon as they brought her in, though, because they're like, Halsey actually said, I think it was in episode two, whenever that put in, mm-hmm. that like, you're only, you only have limited access now. Like, we once we work through. And understand how you two work together. I'll give you full access. Oh, okay, that makes sense. A good lie to be yeah, able with to Cortana and Master Chief. They've always been kind of like working one on one. One's not over the other. Yeah, it's like in tandem. Which is what's going to be like the I guess the downfall of that plan is that Halsey's plan is not going to come together because something will happen, right? Yeah. Well, her plan involves Cortana being with Halsey's little minion over there. He's the little Irish dude. I'm like, what's what's up with this fellow? Dude, he's just in love with her. (laughs) No shit. Trying to make out with the the one who called bit or called bitch. (laughs) He definitely (laughs) started to fall apart. She's not supposed to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that guy's weird, man. But I guess I mean he does a good job playing the role. He's, He's supposed to be weird. He's definitely creepy. I, you know, I don't like, I don't wish people to die, but I kind of wouldn't mind if that guy gets, you know, what's coming to him. Get like a little spike through like the chest or like a hit. No, let him get like a same treatment that John got from Riz and Vanek. He needs to get the shit. Like beat his face in. Yes, I'm I'm thinking like wash from like Serenity, just right. Yeah, just Just one good. Yeah, just (laughs) there you go. Skewer that bastard. Are you not a wash fan? I loved Wash. It it sucked the way he went out, but for okay. this dude, I'm all about it. Give it to him. I'm all about it. Hey, I, I, I love that. Means death fight. if she still had her blade. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
Hey, I love that Spartan fight scene though. And like the whole time I was watching, I was like, Kai's gonna come in at the end of the second. Kai's gonna come in at the end of the second. Like it's gotta be what happens. It's gotta be what happens. That's why they showed her getting out. It's gotta be what but happens. I don't tell you it, it it speaks a lot to like the way the the Spartans because it's like, you know, they're programmed and Vanny, he's a motherfucker. Yeah, he is. I wouldn't want to mess with him though. Damn, I, I mean mess with that guy. That guy, I mean, he's like like straight up programmed, but then you have and who was the other one? Uh uh Raz. Riz. Riz, Fanic, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Riz. It's like he's like Riz. It's neat, and she kind of held back a little bit because I'm thinking, yeah. and you know, obviously, Kai. You know, since you know she's on, you know, Master Chief's side because it's like, even from the get go, you know, Kai's like, well, what about Master Chief? You know, why? And then like, I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> Riz is Riz is, a, Riz is like a damn freaking spider monkey jumping all everything. She you know she's got like the backpack with the antennas and stuff. I'm like, damn, lady. You're just like all over the place. Oh, yeah. I think that's interesting how you see the we are now in episode eight of nine and you mm-hmm. have seen the transition from the four Spartans mm-hmm. to being John down and then Kai down and now you have Riz wavering. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it's showing the it's showing that the uh lack of dependence turning into interdependence mm-hmm. on their behalf. So I find that part, that little subplot pretty interesting. Yeah. And then like a Vanek, he's like just totally 100%, you know, dead on. Yep. Green Spartan boner. <laughs> I, I think that we eventually see these four together again fighting, but do you think we see it by the end of this season? The four of them back on the same team? We only got one episode left. I, mean, I know, dude. A lot I really has don't to happen, know right? which way it's going to go now. I mean, because you you've got McKee, where you know she was leaning towards humanity, and My of course then you had the douchebag that had like put the freaking um, electric stick to her, you know, like the cattle prod to her, and she's like, "Well, I guess nothing's changed because everybody else is like, oh, you know, that kind of thing." And then you know, John got his ass beat, and I was like. <laughs> Like what else? But darkest before dawn. Yeah, I I kind of feel like we're in the age to where you can come out with a season of a show and it serves as a pilot. Mm-hmm. Because a pilot to a show used to mean you're going to spend money on it to create a season, right? And now with the streaming wars and like the advancement where we're at now, like you can make a pilot of a show, but really that first season as a pilot. Mm-hmm. That first season is a make it or break it. And Netflix has the lowest bar possible, right? <laughs> so, like, if they don't like the first few numbers in the first five days, and it axed. But this show proved itself pretty much when they said they were going to re, you know, re it up for. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I don't have it all in it front of me for season. season two and three, but just season two. It needs a second season. No, yeah. Regardless, it needs a second Commuted, season. Greg. I'm like, it's, it's got to. There's no way in hell it's going to wrap up episode nine. There's no and way in hell. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Do you think that they just went ahead and said, okay, this is a this story they're telling is at least a two-season story. So they were, new, they were new. They gave it the second season before the first season even dropped. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think it was a plan all along. So, so basically what we're saying is we're going to get a big cliffhanger next week. I think it's quite possible. I don't yeah. know how big it will be, but I definitely think that they're going to leave you somewhere. And that's why I say that, like, 
to your point, Sarah, if you don't see the halo, where's it going to put you at? I feel I, like he's, I feel like they're going to, they're going to find it. With and like it's going to be like, okay, here questions. we are. We're, we're here. And then. Cut the black. Yeah. The interesting. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Because it's like it, you, you have what, what is that? What? 45, we'll say 45, 50 minutes. Somewhere there, yeah. So you have that much time to where. What did I just watch? I just I mean, finished Ozarks, and that last season, or that last episode was like seventy minutes. What a great show! Yeah, yeah. what a sorry, great show. yeah. Totally I mean, what a great show! About it, it's like however long you know. I don't even know how long episodes are, honestly, because I'm like, you're about right. They're about forty-five, fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, okay, you know, McKee and John have this link. So let's say she pieces out and takes everybody, you know, takes everybody down because she's going to take somebody out. Well, she's definitely got some sort of, she definitely has some sort of virus. I mean, she was able to take down the whole other ship. So she's got something that's working with her, whether or not it's. But that's the thing about it, because now she puts her, put her hand on the um, artifacts and now she totally has control of that. So whatever the hell that shit happens. Because now it's like you drop John in there on the halo and saying, oh, sorry, boo, but your people suck or my people suck. And I'm not dealing with this shit because y'all suck. And mm-hmm. now peace out. I'm going to go do my own thing with, you know, the covenant. Yeah. Because y'all suck. Yep. <laughs> y'all do suck because, I mean. You know. yeah, it was all because of that guy, the Star-Lord guy, the, the stupid guard that did the one thing that screwed Asshole, up. That, you know, screwed everything up. Yeah. Call him Star Lord. He Star Lord it. No. He quilled it. He quilled no. it. That's what I start no. saying. He quilled it. No. Yes. No. 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 Don't you talk about Star Lord? Damn it! I'll fight uh, you. On hey, that. I, I love him, but you know he totally in game wouldn't even in a movie. He would have just kept his mouth shut for two more. But days. the point is, it's like I, I just feel like that she's gonna do something. He's gonna end up doing something, and it's gonna end up on the Halo, where they're they're gonna end up there. It's gonna end there. Halo, it's real. Cut to black. Let's see. I mean, it's a very good possibility. Um, if not, I'm gonna be mad because I'm like, I've I've seen the, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I want to see you own it. I want to see the real deal. <laughs> like I said, I'm still having a hard time understanding what the Halo is. Like from what it sounds like, it's something you stand on. It's like a. <laughs> Because from what I, what I, from what I'm taking from what they're saying, it's almost like an alternate plane, like like you almost like like heaven or or it's like, like some like type a of weapon. It's, it's some I don't want to say it's a weapon, but like you know the way she was the way McKee was describing it is, you know the worthy would you know make it there, and then like the unworthy would be cleansed. I'm like, what do you mean by cleanse? Are we like just gonna just wipe it out like right. fire, brimstone, that kind of shit? Yeah. And what makes you worthy? Do I need like three out of five stars on Yelp? Yeah, I was like, do I need to be like, um, you're my Lord and Savior? Savior? (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? Balance the scales, right? Yeah, exactly. So I I think in the Halo lore, I think Halo, the the actual thing is, is some, like I said, it's some kind of weapon that you use, but I'm not absolutely sure because the only thing I've ever seen in like, especially gameplay, is you're on like this planet type uh-huh. thing. And then it's like you look and you just see like this halo, which is like a mechanical thing that's like around. 
So I, I'm not quite sure, honestly. <laughs> we're going to find out. I'll tell you that. We're going to find out. It'll be so, right. Yeah. But I, I just feel like it's, it's going to get us to that point. It's like it's, it's going to get you. It's almost going to get you there. Then it's going to be like, no, you're going to have to wait till the next season. I'm okay with that. Knowing there's a second season, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I walked into this knowing there was two seasons, so yeah. at least two seasons. I was like, okay, I, I can I can live with that because so, the first season's been good enough. Well, was there anything else y'all wanted to point out about this episode? I thought I thought they nailed the penultimate. I hope that it doesn't set me up for a no disappointing finale. Huh? I was glad there was no Quan. Yes, I was. I just not interested in the story, man. It, I don't give me a reason. I, to, I just you know? I don't get the value in that storyline. No. I don't get the value. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know that it hasn't shown its face yet, and I do feel like it's too super disconnected mm-hmm. for it in the first season. But they're laying bricks. They're laying ground. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm interested to see what next week's finale is going to do, <laughs> and then how you guys are going to perceive that character. It's a good point. Yeah, I'm change. not anti one. Like, I don't hate one. Hopefully, it'll bridge something. I mean, I just, I can almost see it. But then again, I'm like, well, if you took it out of this, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and if they do that, if it they connect it, then... take away from, like, my main story that I'm kind of following. Yeah. If they, if they connect it, I'm cool with that. Like, I just want some kind of connections, like you said. I feel like I know kind of where it's going because they've kind of given this whole, your, your line was for a different reason, and we don't know exactly what that reason is yet. And maybe, you know, now we're dealing with ancient stuff with the Halo. Like, maybe this is all connected somehow. But I just need to see totally. it. When I see it, I'm, if they do a good job with it, cool. I'm, I'm Maybe cool she gets Quan Master Quan. Chief to. Maybe Quan gets Master Chief to to Halo. I, I did like the um, the like I, because of Star Wars, I'm gonna call them blaster doors. But the doors to like one of the, I guess shuttle entrances or wherever they dock or whatever it is when they were on Reach in the little marine area, they, like it actually said portal on it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all the little subtleties that all of these episodes pay homage to the game for, I think is really cool. Yeah. Even though I don't know them all, I can piece them together because it seems... It's still reach. It's still yeah. reach. Yeah. It's still, like, a super reach. Yeah. <laughs> Believe you me, because Brian tells me, he's like, I haven't seen it, but I've been keeping up with it. I'm like, how you been keeping up with it? He's like... I was like, do you know what happened in this past episode? He's so like, you're going to spoil everything for you. Well, uh, he, he'll watch Dude, it. I'm telling you, he is not going to watch it. He is like absolute 100% against it. He's going to watch all the YouTube videos, but not watch the actual show. I, right. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm like, because, you know, I was like, well, dude, I saw the Needler, you know, I saw the Halo, you know. There's this like, you know, the fight scene. It looks like, you know, gameplay. You know, you got Warhog, you got all this good shit. But focusing on like, I didn't do it. <laughs> but even, even if he watches it ironically, even if he watches it ironically, I think he would. Well, honestly, I think after this last episode, depending on how it goes, I might have to go back and rewatch everything. Yeah, like it's got to connect at some point, some some form of fashion. I think it will. Not, I don't know. I, I think it make- will. Like I said, they, they still got. I, I think that we're getting a whole second season that continues this story on. I don't think we're at a point where the story is about to end. Well, you know, I, this, I, this I get the it. point that it's taken liberties with the game story because, I mean, honestly, it's like you really can't do too much if you like just base it on gameplay because there's right. only so far you can get you get to go. So you've got to add certain elements to it, and I'm like. 
I'm like, just take it for like the storyline. It's like, yeah, just if you see the cool things that you've seen in like gameplay, take it. I mean, right. It's like any other type of, you know, iteration of any other type of, you know, gameplay. I mean, it's like Mortal Kombat. Street I mean, Fighter. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like Street Fighter, yeah. Mortal Kombat. I'm like, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, you've got to right. take, you've got to have some creative liberties with it to create mm-hmm. a story. Because well, honestly, it's like you're, you're fighting one-on-one. How much story do you have right there? Right. And, and with this, especially the fortunate thing you have about it is the gameplay is a story. So like you have some kind of story in there with games like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. They were just fighting games. Like I know they have story too, but I don't think. When but you those add, you gotta add more out, to it to the character. Yeah, you gotta add more character story. Right. When well, when those games came out, it wasn't. Those were games when when we were kids. Like you didn't have mm-hmm. the internet to go through and read all these stories of these background characters. And they were there, and you could figure it out, and you could find the books. Or, yeah, but but you know most people wouldn't. Now you know I can go online, I can find anything out about Halo I want to. No, 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 no. Now we have Fortnite and they just take things from the did shit that we love. They did a Fortnite yeah. movie. Where are you going to start on that one? No, no, they're, they're making a Fortnite movie. Jason Momoa's in it. Are you no, that's Minecraft. Minecraft, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Minecraft. Could you imagine yeah. them making a Fortnite movie? No. And actually, I can't. It's Free Guy, is what it is. <laughs> no, dude. No, dude. Dude. I don't even know the. <laughs> When my kid played Fortnite, he didn't play the base <coughs> characters. He got all the damn skins and shit. So yeah, it's I better. just saw the skin of Doctor Strange holding a lightsaber. Like that ain't right. No. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we are on a show where we talk about every blend everything together. So I mean, you know, dude, dude, you know. there's some blends you don't do though. That just don't. No. When if you, you take, had a phaser in like, one hand and a lightsaber in the other, I could see. I'd be like, no, that that doesn't work. But I get it. <laughs> That's a bridge too far. Right. That's the wrong you know cross. But. but I mean, I, could you imagine making a Fortnite movie? I mean, seriously, think about that for a minute. I mean, I, look, I played the adult version of Fortnite, which was the the Call of Duty, the um, the one where you went to the island. I don't even know what it was, what it was called. But, but it's, it's the adult version of Fortnite. I played that and I liked it, so I imagine Fortnite could be. But fun. no, no, no. If think about just Fortnite, not the adult version, just Fortnite. Mm-mm. Like when you go to Target and you look at like the characters they have like the of the figures, I'm like I don't even know who the hell these. Yeah, I might see, know I, who. I know what's what's the cat face one? I know mm-hmm. that one, and then you have like the. There might be three I can think of. I mean, I can't look, think off the top of my head. I but gave if up I saw, I crap were. about any of it the moment they started introducing Jason and Predator and the Mortal Kombat, and I was like, I'm done. Like because that's now where all the kids know where these characters come from. Like I'm mm-hmm. over. I don't need mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. You guys are done. Stop making video but games. That's what I'm saying. If you're if you're taking Fortnite, just take all the extra skins out of it. It's just straight up characters. What in the hell kind of movie would you come up with? What are you gonna like sitting there like uh-huh. build shit to just crawl all over and then tear it down? I mean, that break dance on top of it. Yeah, exactly. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So could you yeah. imagine? So here you are. You have Halo. Halo does have a pretty straightforward storyline but the fact of the matter if they had waited to probably episode two or three to take his helmet off i think everybody if anybody that follows or plays halo i think would have been cool with it yeah that, that might have been a premature move for him instead of like the first episode yeah i mean i get it i, I mean i sort of get it but i'm like you could at least wait until like episode two or three 
I mean, it was the first episode. Everybody blows their load a little early in the first, you know? I mean, well, I they just sprayed I mean, all over everywhere on that one. That's right. Strange New Worlds really pointed the conversation of that first episode directly to the fact that they had to address the problem that they created in Discovery. Well, that they, makes sense. That, that makes sense. Right, that, that makes sense. Work. And so when you have a bunch of these shows that should, uh, that turn around and say, look, we got to get this out and we got to do it now. I'm not sure that Halo showing us, uh, John showing his face was necessary, but at the same time, I don't time, think like, it was. I think they could have played it at least to like the, at least at the end of the second episode, at least. It, it bothered me at first, but then, you know, we raised a good point. So he's a good actor and I need to see the emotion on his face <laughs> to get the character really well. So what freaking emotion have you seen? I mean, I'm talking about whenever he removed the pill. Confusion. We, we, yeah, we. I mean, discovering Ooh. all the. Uh, <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. I was like. But imagine that in a helmet. <laughs> like, even if you didn't like it with his face, imagine that in a helmet. Like, he's just so and much. This cat is bow-legged as hell like too. Took too I'm long like, for them to show his face. Yeah. I'm like, and this cat is. He like stressing me every time you see him walk. He's bow-legged as hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Glad you, is it glad the you're looking at that, like, those yeah. lower regions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like this every time he walks. I'm like, oh my gosh, sure like, he he was, me out. He's like, you're bow legged as hell, dude. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Oh, come on, I'm just kidding. <sighs> well, apparently, he must not made her too bow legged because she was just like, oh, I'm gonna rip this out of my fingers. It was, so. yeah, it was his first time. Give you know, give, give, him, give him a little, little room. I'm sure he'll get better. Well, he probably won't, not with her. <laughs> but yeah, that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> right, anyway, yeah, is there that's anything cool. else y'all wanted to say about Halo? <laughs> we are almost fin- finished with this series uh, finale next week, so we'll see uh, how well it does. I'm really curious. I'm I'm really I'm invested. I'm 100 invested, even though I have my issues. But I'm 100 invested. There, okay. that's where we want to be. Qualms right. and questions. Well, it is late. Bow legged tail, everything. <laughs> <laughs> A bow-legged Master Chief, huh? He didn't even ride anything either. All right. It's after midnight here. Let's wrap this up, y'all. Awesome mashup show. Got to talk about Top Gun. Got to talk about some news. Got to talk about our shows. We got to figure out what else we're going to be covering. We're going to start doing some movies, some retros or whatever until Obi-Wan comes out. Or we're just going to have one show on the docket. So, Well, if you want to go ahead and binge all the Stranger Things... You know, then you get three things, actually four things in that week. If you're a John Wick fan, John Wick fan, mm. never really been a fan of either one of them. I mean, never really given anyone a chance though, to be honest with you. So next, okay, no, not next Friday. The Friday after that. Hold on. Yeah, we really don't have a whole lot next week. Hold Friday on. after that, on the twenty seventh, you get two episodes of Obi Wan. You get John Wick yep. and Top Gun in theaters, and mm-hmm. then you get. Stranger Things, the first part of the final season. So it's going to be a lot down the chute. We're going to have a little bl- a little lull, and then it'll be uh, be heavy again. So yeah, hey, I'm down. More stuff to watch. But. Well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here. We already mentioned where you can find us at, and if you're hanging around and listening to this part of the show, you already know where you can find us at. You are a dedicated fan, and I appreciate you staying to the end. But give us a like, give us a review, share it with a friend, hit us up, and give us something to watch, or give us comments on what you want to do. Join us live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fridays, most of the time, sometimes Saturdays, and if necessary, a Sunday. But <laughs> we are out here. Season. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Football season it definitely won't be happening on Sunday. Sorry. But uh, well, I'm, I'm already, you know, uh, obligated to another show on Sundays for that one. So I've got, got to do the post game shows. But either way, 
we are putting out a lot of stuff. We're on episode 136 right now. 137 comes next week. Keep rolling on. This was kind of our four-year anniversary, but we're going to plan something a little better to uh, to celebrate down the road. Lots of changes coming. Maybe some new segments, new looks, new name, all kinds of new stuff. So it'll be fun. But uh, I guess until next week, y'all keep at it. Or later, skaters. Later, skaters. <laughs> you you finally keep at it. Wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, keep at it.